Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Tenor. Hello, Ben. And indeed, everyone, especially a special guest this week. A very, very special special guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Jalen Salah Eldeen is a Egyptian feminist, visionary artist, published poet, author, and translator, plus co-host of the Funny Gal Talk Show. Welcome to the show, Jalen. Hello, Ben and Andy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Hey, thanks for coming to join us. We are also very excited. Thanks so much for joining us. An absolute pleasure to have you here with us today. I'm so happy to be here, guys. All well, the way having, from Egypt as well. Yeah, and having heard you speak on another couple of podcasts from a couple of weeks back, actually, Stu was on talking about Tremors with us. Uh, I heard you on his podcast, the And Why Not podcast. It's very nice to have an air of legitimacy and actual knowledge of, you know, the work of authors and, and filmmaking on, on board with us to talk a movie this week, rather than our nonsense. It's always good. That's always good. That just raises the level of the podcast just ever so slightly or you know a huge a huge amount there's a high ceiling for it i feel oh guys thank you scaring <laughs> me even more i'm just a nut job come on and and all the way from alexandria in egypt right yeah yeah wow yeah. so horror hang it is international well we've definitely had international guests before but this is super super exciting how is it in alexandria today the weather is actually fine it's not that cold it used to be colder few weeks ago but now it's like nice it's chill and in the morning it's so beautiful oh wow i can't i can't say the same for bristol right now it is incredibly cold how about perth andy um if it gives you any indication of the temperature ben my mom tells me that apparently outside in scotland today i might see the northern lights so um i'll be nipping out just after we finish recording like the polar bears drinking a coke seeing if i can see the northern lights up here People pay a lot of money to see the Northern Lights and you can just wander out into your back garden and have a look. Knowing that, it'll be cloudy, but I'm going to try after we finish. 
take a photo, please. Send, well, send it to us. How yeah, exactly. Please, I'm there waiting. Yeah, we want to see that. We want to see that stuff. Uh, Jalen, can you tell us a bit more about the Funny Gal talk show? Because, I mean, just from the title of it, it does sound like something I'd like to listen to. But okay, what, We're just what kind two... of happens? Sorry, We're sorry, just two funny girls, you know, like um, Michelle, my friend, my co-host is from New York and I'm from Egypt and we have the same sense of humor. We found that we have a lot in common. So we keep talking about, you know, like some of the things that happened to us, some of the things that we, we have a different outlook on life. Mostly it's cynical and it's kind of like a little bit inappropriate at times. So we just try to engage listeners and watchers with us into our crazy chaotic world where we also comment on a lot of things that happen in real life like we had an embarrassing moments episode we have a breast episode coming up we have this uh throwing shade episode which is so you know like yeah. a bad bitch episode so <laughs> yeah this one was crazy too and i had a, a friend like not a friend like a twitter follower coming to me like very very excited and toasted yeah this shade episode is so good i had a similar like situation and i felt like this deep like this guru you know like okay child okay we've all been there i felt like i'm doing a difference with comedy which is what i'm trying to do like at least connect with people make them feel kind of like more in connection with others so this is what we try to do i don't think we have a major goal with our show but we just want to have fun want to chill and want to let people in to our mm. crazy world along the way no, I can fully appreciate that, Jalen. I think, I mean, it was Luke and Ben that started Horror Hangout. I just tagged along later on. But now, for me, it's a great excuse to have a couple of hours aside every week where I'm mostly going to catch up with my friends and have a lovely chat about things that we like. And if we happen to record it and then, you know, between three and five people listen to it, then that's fine. That's good. I'm happy. <laughs> I think that's it, isn't it? Like you kind of start off as just having fun. And then when other people come into that circle and then the circle grows, like you have the sort of inner circle and then more people are coming. And it's, it's it's really exciting when people say, I've listened to this show and I really enjoyed this part or, you know, something like that. Yes. Um, that's always exactly. good, always fun. And I think this is what I do too. Like I loved your podcast. So I like came to you and like, guys, I want to be on your podcast. This is what I do a lot of the times. Like I listen to a podcast mm. and I feel so interested in the energy, in the banter, in the, you know, like back and forth. So I feel like I want to be part of that because, you know, maybe I'm a poet. So I always want to get more emotions thrown into my life, more, you know, like energies, collective energies and meeting different people. So for me, meeting Michelle was something that changed my life meeting Stuart from and why not podcast was also something that changed my life so hopefully i get to generate this as well to do it to other people sounds great sounds like a great way of meeting people so as well you brought up emotions now of course in the horror hangout podcast fear is a big one that we lean into in horror movies the emotions they inspire in all of us um it's your first time joining us jen and tell us about your Tell us about your history as a as a horror fan. What are your earliest ones growing up? What subgenres of horror do you enjoy? Give us your give us your horror history. My horror history is that my mom is to everybody outside this sweet lady, this loving person. She's very kind. She gives to the community, blah, blah, blah. But she's a crazy horror fan. Like she watches the real shit, the scariest, goriest, you know, like B movies. Like, mom, what are you watching? And I walk by and she's <laughs> having this screen and she's doing this. And then later on, she's probably feeding stray cats and stuff like that. So this is my mom for me. So we grew up 
with her wanting to share with us her love of horror and I was a really scared kid and I'm like no mom just keep it to yourself please thank you I'd rather watch action movies and stuff like that which is <laughs> what I was more drawn into until I had this dish party at my house bringing in my friends from school and they were like what are we gonna watch we had a crazy horror movie buff she's like guys I have the evil dead the original version I'm like no no, no guys I don't want to watch this please and she's like no, no come on jay don't be you know like a wuss come on let's open it and watch what's gonna happen and i watch it and i was about i think 10 years old and while we were watching it i had an out-of-body experience like what is this deranged hell that i got myself into after they left i was alone with my computer she had the dvd and i i didn't want to go near the computer i was like okay someone is gonna come out of there and snatch my soul back into this thing <laughs> I kept the horror enclosed within me. And then I think I I wanted to relive this experience again. I wanted to feel, you know, like what I felt that day, like being, uh, seeing something unexpected, having the fear like thrown into my face, even as aggressively as that was. So I started seeking out more horror movies, upping the game, blah, blah, blah. But I think what I wasn't really interested in was the glorious torture porn stuff. Like I wasn't interested in that, but mm, whatever yeah. monster, whatever, you know, like scary ass looking shit out there, I just went and saw it. And even unknown ones, you know, like things by weird directors and started discovering, you know, like something like Gothic horror and falling in love with it and psychedelic horror and feeling like uh, different feelings, like I'm tripping or something. So I think my journey with horror started with that movie. Evil Dead, watching it with my friends. And then I went into the wild seeking other experiences where I would be just jumping off my seat or just getting tense. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, what a great story. And what, a, what a film to start with, right? Evil Dead. What a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Evil Dead is absolutely amazing, like jumping off point. I think I saw Evil Dead 2 before I saw the original Evil Dead. And that was one of my earliest horror um experiences i used to i used to watch films on tv uh when when my mum didn't know i was watching films i used to watch them in silence but with the subtitles on uh so pretty much like probably i reckon the first 10 to 15 horror films i saw i watched them in silence with subtitles um because i didn't want my didn't want my mum to to so she would only come in and switch it off you know it wouldn't be a case of she'd uh sort of scold me in any way but she did i, I just wanted to watch it so i, I saw that I saw things like from dusk till dawn um, i think it's with poltergeist but yeah those initial horror experiences are, tend to be what what shape you and shape your tastes as well um one of my earliest horror memories as we're sharing like it's little snatches of things that i saw too young like i think i mentioned just last week then my uncle's freddy krueger poster on his wall but yeah one of the earliest programs, a bit like yours, watching, like, just having, like, a TV. that It was in my room for some reason. I didn't have a TV in my room at the time, but maybe I'd been sick or something like that. So there was a TV that had been taken through into my bedroom because I was basically in bed all day or couldn't get out of bed for whatever reason. So I'd been there. So therefore, the TV was in my room and it was on. And I think it I was, I was awake in the night and I'd flicked through the channels and I had a glimpse of, and I've never seen this film in full, you know, I might have to try and crowbar it onto the agenda one day. Just a bit of Hugh Grant vehicle, The Lair of the White Worm, um, yeah. which is based on a wicked old, like, legend. One of my favourite ones, it's the Lampton Worm, but it's made into where a horrible socialite lady's got big, horrible worm teeth. Mm. 
Um, yeah, and I just remember flicking through the channels and then seeing this lady roll her head back and having these implausibly large old fangs in her mouth and switching the TV off, almost like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> I've looked at something that I shouldn't have and now I'm afraid it's going to take a, that you know, it's going to take... It's going to take a long time to recover from this. But yeah, from there, always sort out the extras. But, you know, before horror even, my mom did used to let me step and watch Channel 4. Used to have a creature feature on. And it used to be on like quite late at night. It was like 10, 11 o'clock. And if I was awake, they'd either record it for me because I'd inevitably fall asleep or they'd have it. Um, you know, I could stay awake for as long as I was, as long as I managed. And I'd watch an old Godzilla movie, which... Not scary, Godzilla's a good guy, but then the blob would be on as well, like the 1950s, the blob and things like that. And I got that, you know, that love for sort of horror movie and monster movies from there. I've I've brought Godzilla along to the podcast the once so far with Shin Godzilla, right? But um Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. Where did where did we how and why did we choose the film for this week then? Um, um. I was talking to Jalen about films he wanted to cover. And at first, I think we talked about Run, Sweetheart, Run, um, mm. which was one of the films that it cracked my top 10 last year. But then when we got round to, when we got round to scheduling the episode, um, I think we'd both watched it quite recently, but not in that sweet spot where we hadn't watched it. We probably hadn't watched it recently enough to have it fresh in our memories to be able to talk through it. But at the same time, like, mm. um, you know, it'd been still quite recently, so maybe you're not quite ready for a re rewatch yet. So I thought, right, let's have a look. Speaking to Jalen about the things that she was interested in, kind of, we spoke about female-led horror stories and things like that, and, you know, some elements of the supernatural and so on that came in. I'd heard um, our colleagues over at um, Nightmare on Film Street mention it. I think it was one of Kim's movies that she mentioned from last year. They debated whether it was a horror movie or not, or more of a thriller. We'll get into that. But um, that's what put it on my radar. So I pulled it from the watch list, suggested it. Jalen, you were you were happy to go for it. You say you're a big fan, right? Very big fan. I love Anna Lily Amir for a lot, seriously, because I don't feel she's apologetic with the way she portrays her females. Like, yes, I know a girl walks home alone at night with scarier than this one and creepier but still the idea that she manifests this female unknown into a universe that is usually hostile to her this is what draws me to her movies so this is what i felt with mona lisa lee here in this movie mm -hmm. the idea that she was this other this other walking through the town new orleans which i really want to visit after watching this movie honestly so yeah yeah for me it was like my love for the director and then the idea she portrays females in horror the idea that they mm. just exist there and you don't know a backstory and there is no sad story and she was like oh yeah this happened to her so this is she is what she is because of that no i don't care about that and sometimes i feel like it's even more exciting to explore people in that sort of light so this is what drew me to it and then I fell in love with everything else like the cinematography of course the mm. actors um the music a lot of things oh, yeah it's a great soundtrack visually look it is it does look great as well I didn't even realize it was Anna Lily Amirpour Amirpour yeah Amirpour I didn't even realize it was her so we've covered uh a girl walks home alone at night on this podcast. one of my all time, not just horror, all time favorite. Are you guys serious? I love this movie. <laughs> I'm mad about it. <laughs> no, 
I should stop. No, so don't much. stop. Don't stop. If you if you love something, then please just please let us know. Um, it's, it's you great. gush about because... it. Gush about it. Talk about it as much yeah. as you like. We love that. It's like an amazing, you know, like Red Riding Hood flipped, but at the same time, it's set in in this city that I feel has a bit of a Persian air to it, where you feel the dynamics between men and women is different. She is wearing, you know, like the veil or whatever, and she is walking at night where you could feel, yes, this is not the place for a woman to be walking freely without being harassed or kind of like uh, hurt by men. But she has this power within her and she can be hurting them as well. So, and then we see the guy that she meets, he's sort of this angel, like he is the opposite, like he is the, the damsel in a way. But at the same time, she doesn't save him or be saved. So for me, Anna does this thing with women that she just portrays them in an eerie way without making it like a fetish virgin. It's it's not beautiful. It's not like the early vamps. It's it's something that is just there. But at the same time, you know, this woman is out looking for trouble without actually sexualizing this trouble-seeking aspect of it all. She's just a normal girl. She's not in any way attractive or sexy. But at the same time, she has this thing about her that makes you want to follow her on this journey. So... Besides, it's like the name itself, the title. How did she come up with this? For me, I feel it's genius. The, some of the scenes where she just speaks, it's so rare. And at the same time, it's you could feel that that she inspired. She was inspired by Dracula himself. The idea of this sad monster roaming the streets, looking for another victim, but not feeling that happy about it. So I just love this. I think when you when you say the titles, I think the title of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, it evokes this thought of what kind of film it's going to be. If you don't know anything about the film, you kind of automatically assume that the girl who walks home alone at night is going to be the person who is in peril, who is the who is the victim, essentially. Um, and that's kind of what it evoked, evoked for me and whether that's like, obviously, in terms of my familiarity with the genre. So yeah, I really, really did love that film. And this Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon really went under the radar for me because I'm surprised that I, A, didn't know anything about it, considering it's got like quite a high-profile cast as well, especially in comparison to A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, Yeah, it really went under the radar. And uh, I mean, yeah, in terms of genre, you might say, you know, it sits more in the thriller, mystery, science fiction fantasy i know i've just said pretty much four four genres there um and there is a certain element of horror but it's not like front and center so um that when when we do get into the film i've read a couple of interesting things about it which i will bring to the table to ask everybody's opinion um but yeah draw you a parallel ben if it makes you feel any differently and we can help with our horror connections here i said before we recorded we have unironically positioned I mean, classic horror movies like Congo, but also films like Dunstan checks in in the horror in the horror genre. You can find horror anywhere that you that you look for it. Immediately, if I'm drawing parallels with this one, the the character dynamics are different, um, and it, like it has a lot more of a a kindness to it, as well as some of the brutality of the world. But picked up a lot of Stephen King's Firestarter from this in the the powers of the of some of the character the things that they don't understand the dynamics between the person who is taking care of you know who is taking care of whom in those in the dynamic as well I picked up a lot from that and it's a film made you know 
several decades after Stephen King's Firestarter and the effects are not quite so shonky. Um, yeah, but that one as well, looking at the director's filmography as well, um, I think you guys have covered Girl Walks Home Alone at Night far more eloquently than I could add anything to, but I see also in that filmography we have the like the Bad Batch as well, which was recommended to us by some apologies, I'm blanking on the director that we interviewed for, as part of Friday Night last year, who listed it as their favourite horror movie. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Um, the Bad Batch as well has added to my list that I need to get round and watch pretty soon. And Jalen, hearing you talk about the dynamics and the power of the characters that um, that come across in this director's movies, have you seen completely di different director, but based on what you love, we'll call it an absolute live film recommendation, have you seen 2022's House of Darkness yet? No. Oh, you must. You okay. absolutely oh. must. I'm, I'm not going to say very much about it. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis so I don't give anything away unintentionally. Um, you've, told, you've told me about this, haven't you, Andy? House you've of Darkness, I have. A House oh. of Darkness 2022 by Neil Labute. Once upon a time, driving home to a secluded estate after meeting in a local bar, a player out to score thinks his beautiful, mysterious date will soon be another casual hookup. While getting acquainted, their flirtation turns into playful, sexy, and sinister uh, tones. Hoping to get lucky, his luck may have just run out. Genuinely, um, I don't want to spoil anything. Like, there's not, there's <laughs> not so that much, there's not it. that much intensity about the about some of the things that physically happen on screen. But I have not felt so tense with just dialogue in a movie so effectively written in my opinion that long before there is anything that you would describe as horror happening on the screen i felt uncomfortable from like the second minute of this movie just from the intensity of the conversation it's really really effective i would recommend watching it immediately oh my goodness i have to watch wow you got me so intrigued really okay. really good really really good I won't definitely. I've added to my watch list immediately. Get it on that watch list. Um, and I know the last thing I'll mention on this before we get into it, it um, the rest of the episode, and we will cover it in more detail. I know that Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon is 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 a story about is a woman's story, and there is about two two um characters in particular. However, I was really really fascinated by the way men were portrayed in this film. Because even every single character that you think could be um, a threat or like a sinister thought seems to not be, and I find that really fascinating. Like even someone who's like who seems like they're a drug dealer, um, a bouncer, a police officer, all of these people that you think, okay, these are going to be the people who. Now, of course, there is a particular group of men who do represent that toxic that side of toxic masculinity and misogyny. However. There are like at least three or four male characters in this who are really important, I feel like, to the overall the overall balance of this film. And I just find it really fascinating how they were represented. Because any any other filmmaker could have easily just gone, right, okay, every male character in this film is just gonna be a bastard. However, they just they have such an interesting story to tell. Um, and especially characters that sort of kind of you think you're done with them and they reappear later on as well. Yeah. There's some great character work, and we'll talk about the specific one that you mean because, you know, 
we have a very different perception i'm sure but like the second you know just as a just as a film member an audience member watching ed screen's character first appear on screen i was like uh oh yeah this is a you know this is going to be a just from the way he was just from the way he was dressed um and of course some of his behavior perhaps isn't entirely you know on the money but for the most part he he seems like a good guy so yeah I think it was well, interesting. Before we get into it, though, Ben, do you have any any news for us this week? What's yeah? What's sorry, our... sorry. Horror news usually comes right at the top of the show, but we've already got into it. Obviously, we're incredibly excited to be talking about the film today. Um, so, in terms of news, we've got one big piece of news that we wanted to share. So, Janine Pipe, friend of the show, returning guest, um, regular guest as well, has released or unveiled the Indiegogo campaign for. Her new short film called Footsteps, and she's going to be uh, writing and directing it from her production company, Pipe Screams Productions. And the executive producer on hand is Neil Marshall of Dog Soldiers and the Descent fame. Obviously, um, Janine Pipe wrote the book Sausages, um, which is all about the making of Dog Soldiers. So now she's got Neil Marshall on board. Um, and the tagline is Some laws are meant to be broken. A group of young women head into Marshall Woods, intending to find inspiration for their book about a local missing person. And they soon discover they are not alone and unwittingly begin a bloody fight for survival against a terrifying and unnatural antagonist. Um, so, yeah, we I think it's probably a good idea for us to get Jane, uh, get Janine onto the show to discuss the this and in greater detail. We will also put the link to the Indiegogo campaign in the show notes um just just so you can go and check it out if it, if it sounds like something you'd be interested in and there's a really good video on there as well if you check out the if you check out the link the, there's a video where janine explains the story the the passion for creating the movie we know from following janine's work um she's a passionate filmmaker and she's thrown herself into this really really headlong she filmed her first directing debut short uh her just a um just a uh, time is flying by this year is disappearing before our like, eyes. She filmed the horror short a, a few weeks ago now. Yeah, uh, I look ago. forward to seeing that a great deal. But yeah, she's moved straight into this uh, next project with a short story that she found that found herself itself a really nice audience as part of an anthology, and it's leaning into her passions for you know supernatural creatures for body horror for putting up together some great low budget buckets of blood kind of horror and from a quick check-in on the campaign it's going well but you can always use more support so all sorts of things available as you would expect you're backing a short film being made so anything from thank you credits up to copies of the film when it's released on physical media if you so wish right up to Feeling a bit flush. You want yourself named as a as a <laughs> associate or executive producer. Those credits are on there. Fancy seeing yourself on IMDb. Really mm. upping your like your how many links there are between you and Kevin Bacon. There'll be one. Get yourself on there. Five degrees and, of separation. Uh, yeah. Uh, exciting stuff. We'll put the link you in the show notes for that. You go, Janine. Uh, yeah, we love Janine. We love Janine. She joined us for an episode about talking about silver bullet she's our resident um werewolf expert she loves she loves the werewolves loves the lycanthropes 
Um, okay, other bits of news. There was a trailer for the documentary Living with Chucky, which is all about the Child's Play franchise being a family affair. I think I may have mentioned this at some point in the past. I can't entirely mm-hmm. remember. Um, however, yeah, there's a new trailer which sort of discusses it. It's coming out. It's going to be on Screenbox, uh, which obviously is is getting some good stuff on there. There's a, a behind this, obviously, all the ma- franchise's mainstays, including Brad Dorif, um and Jennifer Tilly, for example, um, all talking about the, the franchise as a whole, which... Sounds great. You know, I guess they'll be talking about all the movies, talking about the uh, the TV show as well. Are you a fan of Child's Play, Jayla? I watched the first one, I think, but then it got, like, stupider yeah. as it went. But I don't know. Like, it didn't do it for me. Like, the first one was like, wow, damn, I don't want to have a doll like that. I hate dolls. <laughs> Especially yeah. these dolls with, like, lashes and shit. And I had a lot yeah, of them yeah. growing up. Like, relatives, for some reason, thought it was cute to get me those. I just kind of, like uh i do a lot of mean things to them my sister and i so yeah i watched <laughs> and i felt like i was right about that in the beginning yeah i knew it's your bitch think... so yeah this is why i love the first one then i think i've only seen the first one as well you know it's again it's um... another one of those despite the fact that we watch horror on this podcast <laughs> every single week i've only seen the no i've only only seen the first one i've not seen it anymore i've not seen hey, the tv guys. show either Go challenge on. yourself on those prejudices i think it's great um only child's play i feel like a broken record on this one because i've mentioned it not too long ago but because we have the the creative hand of don mancini said the original creator of the series he's directed a couple but he's written throughout you have a you have a, a horror franchise that is what seven movies and two tv series in now which is not tripping over its own continuity. It still works. He is some. He is inexplicably not ended up in space yet. Um, and there's, you know, it's it's never taken to. It never takes itself all that seriously. It's still a series that knows how to have fun. The quality of movies um, will vary by the era that it lives in and the budget that they clearly had at any any one time. But one of the major parts of it. Again, not spoiling outings that happen, but um, Brad Dourif, so horror character actor legend, I would say at this point, has voiced Chucky, the 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 killer doll, for a significant portion of his career. You know, since the nineteen eighties. Now, his daughter Fiona Dourif is now a mainstay of the series. She's been in the last couple of movies. She's yeah. in both series of the TV show so far. It's a lot of fun to watch. That first series is on Shudder now. Um, I think the second one it screened on Sci-Fi here in the UK, but um, really, really solid. Um, and it's not a Netflix show, so it's made it past two series without being cancelled. So uh, we got another one coming as well. Amazing. Ooh. And I mean, it's you know, you know. it's a lot of fun. I mean, don't go in there thinking I'm looking for a serious, scientifically plausible. Um, story here what a dolly can't come to life is that yeah, what you're I'm afraid saying? not not with the technology we have today unless it's a mithrigan in that case confirmed oh yeah um, that's, a ro- that's a robot yeah robots yes ghost dollies no um yeah it's i i have a lot of time for this series i'm going to be checking in on season three of chucky as soon as it's out and you know how that much i love i have to watch it then i end the, at least the first one First yeah, series. watch 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 that. Yeah, 
I would say even if you don't go through and there is nothing in the there is nothing in the um in the films that you could not catch up with if you just got onto the series because it will introduce these things piece by piece. You'll get a lot of it and you'll be rewarded for every one of the other films that you've watched. But the you could you could go in cold on the series and a lot to be said for um again said this before we recorded young actors aren't shit anymore like they used to be when we were growing up when you know we had the 80s that was all about child actors then i feel like from the 90s to the 2010s we had a period where child actors were insufferable and everything and were just pretty bad um but now children who are actors like children and young teenagers they're really good um it's got a really diverse progressive yeah i I enjoyed it a lot it was a it's a good it's a good fun series well you know how much i love a a documentary about horror as well not only in search of darkness parts one two and three that we've enjoyed over the last few months um but also 101 scariest movie moments which i'm near the end of on shudder i'll I'll take a living with chucky documentary i'll take a documentary about any horror franchise there is i just love Hearing the story, like filmmakers' stories and just people who love the franchise and stuff, I think it's great. I think it's a really great way of solidifying your love of of horror, just finding out what makes people tick who bring these characters to the screen. You know what, too? Like, for me, watching a documentary about the evil death the making, it made me kind of like breaking the fourth wall. Like, yeah, they're not real, Jay. Come on, they're not real, you know? See, <laughs> these are the actors. Like, or at least I think seeing something about Salo making Salo or something like that, like seeing people talk about it because it was one of the worst, not the worst, it was like the evilest movies I've ever seen, Salo. So for me to just see someone talk about it, like, yeah, yeah it didn't happen. Yeah, this is not real. See, people have grown up and now they're good and living their lives. So yeah, just it kind of like breaks the intensity of just connecting with the work art in front of you. Away. Sallow, that I think was mentioned on our show before. Um, I've not actually seen it, but so 120 Days of Sodom, that's the one, isn't it? Days of Sodom, yeah. yeah. Sodom, yeah. Um, so Zobo of a Shotgun, okay. Zobo of a Shotgun, um, who is an extreme horror fan, she's been on the show before. She told us about that. Um, maybe her description of it made me avoid it. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to remember that I watched it. I had to watch it because it was a dare with an X. Like, haha, yeah, you're too weak to watch. I'm gonna watch it, bitch. And then I was like, I hate you so much. I knew you were bad for me. It's toxic. <laughs> I knew you were bad for me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is confirmed. All my fears. Please leave. <laughs> wow. Um, and what else have we got? I've, I've got. Do you know what news is a bit thin on the ground this week? There is a new trailer for Resident Evil 4, the game. Um, Andy, did you see that? I've not seen the new trailer. I saw some GIFs that were pulled from it, but it's all right, Capcom. So, you'll, you'll get my money, don't worry. I'm going to keep mentioning it because I'm very, very excited. Um, so the, this third trailer is like a lot more action-packed. It kind of really leans into the over-the-top elements of this game. Um, and there's a confirmation of certain areas and characters that I think have been, a lot of people were kind of thinking maybe they won't appear in this game but i am so so hyped for it now um there's like a whole mine cart sequence that looks straight out of donkey kong there's uh <laughs> there's like a knife fight with krauser i'm i'm incredibly excited um 
Are you are you a fan of uh horror games at all, Jalen? Are you much of a gamer? Only if it's like you know, like three D, wearing headsets and just uh, getting okay. immersed. And oh, usually nice. when it's like going out, you know, like in VR stations or whatever, virtual reality, whatever. Yeah. I do this a lot, and I just get in so inside the game. But when it's like a normal PlayStation video game and stuff like that no i just leave this to my sister but when it's intense and it's virtual reality augmented reality all that crap yeah i'm into it there is a vr version of resident yeah, evil i think it's resident evil 7 is it andy yeah 7 had a bit had a vr version i've not played it in vr but playstation yeah. gave it away so I, I own it but you know what if i uh <laughs> if i listed all <laughs> yeah. the games i've managed to own but never have time to play we'd be here for a long night yeah um, we just have yeah. a day where we play all the games we didn't have time to play and you just shut off the world you know and you just get oh, oh, I need all... more than a day though. Yeah, more than need, a day need, need a little longer than a, a month day or like a something month. like that you have stocks yeah, of food and you just you know, no, lock the doors and make Benny, a documentary you're... about our stupid selves kind of playing Benny... and <laughs> Benny you're right you've not been out of the house in a month and I'll just be like <laughs> oh, I, don't, yeah. I won't trust anybody I'll be fully immersed in the VR world <laughs> get away what from I need. me what I need is a very specific illness where, <laughs> where, where I'm not allowed to where I'm not allowed to work or leave the house, but mm. I'm legitimately fine to be able to play games. Just one like that. Oh yeah, that would be good. Never lockdown. Don't wish for that. Don't be silly. Don't, don't wish um, for that. No. Never wish for that. Okay, that I mean that is pretty much all I've got down for horror news. I guess the next section of the you, podcast... before we hit it, I'll hit a couple of news bulletins for you. One bit of oh, news from some... me. Bulletins for me. Yeah, a, little, a couple of little bulletins. You know what's ever so close, Ben? It's anybody oh, I know. Fright Fest, Fright Fest Glasgow. You can never say it. Can you can never, never say, say it. Always oh, put an L in there. Fright Fest. Right. Ah! Jesus wept. Right, hang on. Fright Fest Glasgow. Mm. Proper BBC reading of that one. That's mm. coming. That's coming at us hot. Like it is a couple at the time of release of this episode got about what a week and a half left it's second week in march this is happening it's coming at us so hot that i kind of forgot about it for a second i was like oh when's fright flest uh it can't be that far away um sorry it's of course you type that in google doesn't give you Jesus doesn't give you anything because you've typed it wrong yeah it's come no. it's come it's coming at you um uh, so it's 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 happening um pretty soon uh that second weekend in may which uh is what the 10th march. of 12th March, May. Jeez Louise, <laughs> anyone thinking had a long day? Um, yeah, so it's coming up in that second weekend in March. I believe it's the um, the 10th to the 12th. There may be something that's happened, things that are happening on the Thursday as well. Being mm. headed up by Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. We hope to be there live, but ironically, living an hour from Glasgow, I'm actually going all the way down to the southwest that weekend to celebrate my wife's birthday with us. So, you know, priorities. Long way um, to go. Yeah, a long way to go, but we'll we'll be missing it. But we'll be still doing some coverage remotely. We're gonna see what we can catch yep. up on, make sure we've got all of the so, news reviews and gossip of everyone. Remote coverage. If you've tuned into this podcast and our coverage of Fright Fest um in the past, we'll be doing the same sort of thing where we do a special episode all about the event, but also hopefully some interviews with filmmakers as well. So our coverage should be um legitimate and then we'll also be covering the main event of fright fest in in august so you know yeah more to come on that one we're hoping to be there as much as we can live right well we've got we've got some stuff to plan on that one but we've got a couple of months we're not going to let that one sneak up on us ben 
Don't let Present. it sneak up on us. I don't want to sound ignorant. What is Fright Fest? Sorry, we should have we should have um, Please, explained because it we sounds just... exciting. Not I've only have we heard. not only have we assumed that all of our listeners know what Fright Fest is, we've also assumed that our special guest knows what Fright Fest is. It's very ignorant of us. Well, if I will uh, if I will say the title wrong, you're going to have to confuse people, aren't you? So, um, Fright Fest is I've not done the I've not done the metrics, Jalen, but I would say it's arguably the largest horror film centric festivals that run in the UK. Um, every year the main event is down in london one of our former guests in front of the show lucy boogler she's she often attends live i believe she was sat next to some obscene genre film was she, like didn't she bump into edgar wright in the in a lobby of one of the one of yeah. the screenings or something like that last year I think so. so all the all the stars are out it's the you know it's the cans of the of the of the whole of the horror film circuit there's a lot Certainly of European wise, a lot of independent films, a lot of world cinema, a lot of like really major releases. Uh, Barbarian was there at the last, um, the last Dude, event. Last year. Wow. Yeah, I know. So it's it's always great, and we've we've been lucky enough to 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 review and talk to some of the filmmakers remotely for the last couple of years. So we're hoping to continue doing that, but also to attend in person at some point yeah. soon as well. The good folks at Frightfest appreciate, though, that not all of us in the UK live in London, so they do a Scotland variant as well. They do it up in Glasgow in the early part of the year, so that's the one that's happening first. So we're going to cover what we can from that one. But I'll tell you what, Ben, just to round up the news, it's not the only Scotland-based horror film festival coming up. For those of you that are my neighbours up in my neck of the woods, Dead Festival that did their 2022 lineup, and we looked at a couple of movies from them, a good friends over at the at the DCA, they are shortly going to be announcing their lineup for for Dundead twenty twenty three, their eleventh anniversary after the big ten years last year. Um, wow, they did a really really good set of the filmmakers. I think you can hear an interview uh, between myself and Michael, their film their their programming coordinator over there on our yeah. on our podcast feed as well. Looking forward to catching up with them, showing what they're screening again this year. They support a lot of independent cinema. They do a lot of limited screenings of things that didn't get a big release. Some of my favourite movies of last year, I was fortunate enough to watch as their guest last year. So Bodies, Bodies, Bodies there. That was what your was it, your number two film, number three film last year, Ben? Yeah, maybe number two or three. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, so they, they're going to have another great thing. They did a great screening of Vampire as well, like a almost 100 100 year old vampire movie it was fantastic time yeah so great like scotland's great for um tempting you all to move a pc scotland's great for film festivals horror film festivals jaylen is there a particular um in alexandria is there how's the horror film um you don't have like festivals and stuff like that here, unfortunately. You just, you know, just if you're, you know, your local cinema group, you will do a screening and then people will gather and talk about it. We, of course, celebrate Halloween, but just for the funkiness of it, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> more screenings, more just, you know, a, a way to get drunk or just wear a costume and look silly and, and stuff like that. But there is nothing major like things that you're describing. Just your local cinema club or your local movie club, if you're lucky and the moderator is a smart person, not an idiot who just kind of like picks the most famous <laughs> horror movie out there. You know, because yeah. when I was, I think I was with, I 
won't call him an ex, but he was kind of like an on and off guy. We had this local movie group, which was so cool. But then we ended it when we broke it up. So it was the best. We picked, oh, no. you know, like old stuff. We picked like 1930s. We picked, you know, like a movie from every year out there, from every That's movement cool. or whatever. And, and just ended sadly. Uh, screenings and having screening clubs are, are great ideas. I know um, Ghouls Magazine, again, former guest, Zovo, um, they're doing, they've got like a schedule coming out in London right now where they have yeah, cocktails, pizza and a, and a horror movie. If you're in London, you want to look that up as well. But Jane, I think we're, if you ever take yourself a UK trip, you can, you now know the the months of the year that you want to plan these for. I definitely know this. I know when to come and where to stay too. Like you better let me in, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> You're not let your friend Jay in. She wants to attend some horror festival. Of course. Yeah. And then you've got Forbidden Worlds Film Festival in Bristol uh, in October, which is like they show horror movies on like a, a huge IMAX screen. So that's pretty cool as well. We're eating well these last couple of years. I think we are eating. Uh, well. I think I think Not COVID been like this. and then coming back out of it as well has really inspired a lot of great like Ooh. festivals and you know not only new releases but you know we have um, like Gasparas doing their one in um, in like the the north of the of England as well. We've got loads of cool stuff coming up, and I think people are really getting really passionate about showcasing lesser known filmmakers about really doing great genre cinemas and having reasons to gather people together. So I'm excited for it. Another good year. Definitely. Okay. So next up, we're going to talk about what we've been watching now, because you're a guest on the show for the first time, Jalen, we can discuss what you've been watching. It doesn't have to be for the last seven days. It could just be somebody you've seen fairly recently that you wanted to talk about. It doesn't always have to be horror centric, but of course um, that's totally, totally your help. Yeah, have you seen anything recently that you've you've enjoyed? Not, I haven't seen any horror recently. I think I'm just weighing on: are there new stuff? Is there anything that I missed? Now that you told me about House of Darkness, this is something that I'm gonna watch. But I just recently watched Till, and I was so moved by it. I think I wanted to talk about it a lot. So oh, yeah, yeah okay. Till and Danielle Dwyer was played a spectacular role. I think she was also the height of the movie. She carried it with her performance, which was very nuanced and very grounded too, without mm. going to be too melodramatic and stuff like that. And, and it told a very important story. So yeah, this was the last thing that I watched that I feel like I want to talk about. Um, so it is award season as well, isn't it? Um, do you have any particular favorites or picks that you're, that you're picking? Not necessarily just for the Oscars, but just for anything in general that you think is I've, I've kind of been keeping up with who's been winning and a lot of them are kind of to be expected i guess even though it's from films that i haven't necessarily seen um but still i saw some clips from from the baftas um especially that musical number <laughs> from uh what's what's her name from from in the heights uh the Ari- ariana debose debose see... <laughs> yeah when she did her angela. musical number angela bassett did the did thing the Angela Bassett did the thang. Yeah, Viola like... Davis, my woman king. If you've got TikTok, then that, it's just everywhere um, at the moment. And yeah. And and Angela Bassett also won a, a separate award, didn't she? Didn't she win the Writers Guild something? Is that true? Not sure if I've completely got that wrong. I think she won something, but I don't remember why. I, don't I get a little bit overwhelmed during. I get a little bit overwhelmed during award season because it feels like so many award ceremonies happening like back to back um 
Man, you keep yeah. seeing it popping it on your Twitter feed. Sometimes it gets too much, but sometimes when you're excited about something, you feel like, yeah, seeing you again. Ah, yeah. Very happy. But this season, because I'm excited about certain actors, oh, I am following it up. But other seasons, I used to be like such a snob, like, ha, award season. I don't care. I don't want to watch yeah. award season. But this season, I'm like an idiotic fangirl. But yeah, <laughs> a different attitude completely. <laughs> Yeah, it happens like that, especially if you've seen a lot of the films that are getting nominated as well. Like sometimes if you've not seen a lot of them, um, I've, I've seen a handful, but some some films that are getting nominated, I'm kind of like, oh, I didn't even realize like for uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, for oh, example. Was, this movie was brutal. Oh, see, see, I've not seen it. And when it when it was when it was put on Netflix, I kind of just thought, OK, war movie. I'll probably get around to watching that. Trust me. But it's yeah. A good one. And there's been not nominated for so simple. much. Yeah, you have to watch it. I really usually I'm like war movie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, blah blah blah. Soldiers dying. Uh, my fa-. but this one was made with a, a certain underneath feeling that you mm. would feel. You would feel it hits you in a different spot. So I totally yeah. recommend it to a lot of people. Especially yeah, you, then. It's definitely definitely on the list. Um, so I've added that to the list. I've not seen the whale, Brendan Fraser. I've, uh, have you seen that, Jayla? Yeah, but I, I'm i going to hold my like opinion. Good for Baron Brandon that he is winning. Good for Brandon is Like, winning. I feel bad for Brandon, you know? Like, I feel really kind of like, yeah, Brandon, like, his story touched me, but the movie was just, I don't know, like... Do we do we want to call it Oscar bait? No, but I, I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy. Like, I feel bad for the actor, you know what I mean? Like, maybe if it was an actor that I really hated, I'd be like, yeah, Oscar, bait, bitch. I hate this. Yeah. This movie sucks. But now I feel like, yeah, just let him get his moment. But the you're kinder sucks. to the you're kinder to the movie that you didn't like because you really like the person in it, right? Kind of like when your favorite band releases a terrible yeah. album. Yeah, and you feel like so protected. Like I feel bad for Brandon and, and just feel so pretty. I don't want him to to be in a bad state again because he's been through a lot of shit but honestly mm. if you ask me who deserves it more like for me it would be austin butler this this is the guy i'm rooting oh, for i really like I've, austin butler not, so much i don't I've care not... about the accent i don't care about like <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just I him campaign for the oscar he's a good guy actor whatever so yeah i want oscar austin butler to win but if brandon wins too why not let the guy have a moment let him have I've fun not... life is I've short not... I've not even seen Elvis either. I've really been, really been slacking on that. In fact, I think of all the actor, actor in a leading role, like you mentioned, I've only seen Colin Farrell in the Banshees of Inisherin, which which I really enjoyed. So good, and I love Martin McDonough. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, fantastic, fantastic actor, um, director. Sorry, yeah, and Martin then... is like one of my favorite directors. Yeah, I mean, wonderful. Yeah, in terms of his, the scripts in his movies are absolutely absolutely perfect um and the only really the only other real really one that i've seen is getting nominated is everything everywhere all at once um oh my which God. also <laughs> deserves that is the one thing i can say i've actually watched i was sat there while you guys are talking about all these fantastic worthy winners with incredible performances and thinking you know what i haven't had time to really see any of these i watched seven tremors movies in the last fortnight <laughs> <laughs> but i've not seen it <laughs> but but I have seen everything everywhere all at once, and it's very very good. So I'm yeah. I like that. And again, um, you know the 
apologies, I'm blanking on his name now. The the supporting actor that plays the that plays the husband, and obviously we know as a child in um, in Ki Indiana Jones. Hoi, What's his name? Ki Hui Kwan. Yeah. Uh, what what a what a passionate speech when he won his when he Same won his yeah. when he won his award. Like amazing. Um, the first you know, Asian act, the first Asian actor to have been to have won it after being nominated in that category. Apparently, I think I heard him. I heard the clip of him saying today. And it must be astounding, right? When you're a, you know, when you're a child actor, and then I think for a lot of them, talked about it a little while ago, you have your moment in the spotlight, and then you disappear. And I don't know he's been working all of his life, and he's had a career, but to have this kind of recognition now, and you could see when he gave that. Yeah, the speech is something that he clearly cares a lot about. It's fantastic. Like, good good for him. It's nice when you see people that win these things that aren't, that don't come across as, oh, you know what, you have more money than you will ever possibly need. And I don't think you care about regular people anymore because the gift bag you got for coming here is full of treasures that you, these normal shit munchers will never even see. Maybe if you just gave that money and just got a slice of cake to go home with, the world would be a less unequal place. But you see people like that and you think, you know what? What a what a nice person you are. You're not walking up and punching anyone on stage. Um <laughs> I mean, sorry. Yeah, I think that was a year seg- ago. I mean, the segue into that though, Ben, have we talked about the fact that we're getting apparently a um a sequel to I Am Legend with Will Smith? Yeah. Guys, I'm not a Will Smith. You guys like Will Smith? I'm a Wesley Snipes fan. Like I always feel like you're either a Wesley Snipes fan or a Will Smith fan. I love Simon Phoenix myself from Demolition Man. So absolutely, I feel Um, like I feel like I enjoy Will Smith to a degree. I wouldn't call myself like a super fan. When I was a kid, I used to love his music. Millennium, the Millennium album, one of the first CDs that I bought. Um, absolutely loved that. I love Fresh Prince. I love the well. Boys, so I know the feeling. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, we've all been filled with a deep... and all the pop listeners. <laughs> I'm filled with a deep regret, Ben. That I feel like I, I feel like someone who's missed an absolutely open goal to give a sports reference here. Someone asked if I was a Will Smith fan, and I did not do an "Ah hell no," which is what he always says. <laughs> like oh, actually, he's, no. he's, he's fine. He's fine. I don't like it, but I did roll my eyes a little bit where it's saying. Ah, for I Am Legend 2, what we're doing is we're going with the ending, the non-canon ending that was on the like DVD extra. Scene, yeah. That, that in inverted commas, that the fans preferred. Have you polled? Have you polled the fans? Or how are you doing? Are you following on from the ending, which allows you to have Will Smith alive in a sequel? Because if that's the thing, just, just say did it. Did I read that somebody... Did I also read that maybe... It's oh, Michael B. Jordan, oh, isn't it? Michael B. Jordan. I was just about to say Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Did I also? I couldn't remember if I dreamt that. <laughs> is he going to be in it in some way as well? Yeah. I just feel this is one of those things, and I can be absolutely wrong. Um, you know, people would say things like The Last of Us were really good as a standalone. I feel like I Am Legend doesn't need a sequel. You can quite happily have the if you want to do another post-apocalyptic. Will Smith is in this thing with vampires. Just do it. You don't yeah, have don't to have, have an I, you don't have to have an I Am Legend sequel. Or also, he was on his he was on his own for like a long time, right? So they could they could have done any sort of prequel or like a different story. I'm not saying I guess it's... I'm not saying I want that. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen, your face when I said 
<laughs> just stop it. I can't. Now that's one I'm not nice with. Like no. I can't. You know, like I don't think Brendan should win the Oscars. Sorry, universe. But I'm okay with him winning. Oh yeah, good for you. But not Will Smith. Like no, I wish we would just retire. Please retire, baby. Retire, Willie. Thank you did, very much. Did, yeah. did Willie? Did Willie win the Oscar last year for the? Yeah, he won his after role the in... slap, right? Uh, it was after the slap as well. Yeah. Yeah, he won't. And it was like, sorry, I'm tired. I was just <laughs> Did he say, sorry, I'm tired? What, like a little toddler? <laughs> just, like, oh, forgive me. Some, like, thing, some sort like of a Like, like a little toddler. Please forgive me. <laughs> like, I was, forgive me. I was I'm incredibly... working on myself. I'm working on myself. I'm getting better. Yeah, blah. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Please me forgive too. me. I was very hungry when that happened. And we all know what Will Sniffer <laughs> gets like when he's hungry. Could, you, could it have been like, you know... Um... He turns around and he goes, you're not yourself when you're angry. He gives him a Snickers and he goes, oh, thank you so much. There's got to be a Snickers in one of those Academy goodie bags. In right? one of those big bags, like a diamond encrusted, more more money than any of our houses are worth Snickers that you can... And the amazing you menus, just, you know, like yeah, menus yeah. that are always full of plants and flowers. Like I'm like, Whoa, I'm starving. Are you guys starving for this menu? Please, don't you get burgers <laughs> afterwards? Are you serious? Oh, I was I'd be like, fuck this shit. What? Eating like, in like, <laughs> crusted with watercress, blah, blah. Seriously? Yeah. See, Jalen, you'd be, you'd be the character that survived uh, the menu. That'd be it. You'd, you'd get out of there. Definitely. Are you serious? Really? What the hell is this restaurant? Come on, man. I need show it. <laughs> <laughs> Fill up on the bread basket. That's what I do. Uh, Andy, have you, have you seen anything? If- you know, I've been week. mercifully brief this week because we recorded a little bit late last week and then it was my wife's actual birthday. Yep. So I mostly have watched a couple of episodes of Death in Paradise. I tell you what, that's that's compelling TV. I love uh, I love lovely comforting BBC murder mysteries where you can just guess who the murderer is and there are no real high stakes. Um, um, apart from that, I've just been reading the horrors of... Um, uh, DC's Injustice series. I've read the first three years of omnibuses of that, you know, in the world where Superman's turned into a wrong one. Oh, nice. Uh, so that is very fun. And today I've watched a bit of another one of my little uh, dips into 90s Outer Limits series. I've watched an episode that complemented this week's film very nicely, actually. A young Thora Birch is a psychic little girl. Love her so much. Oh, yes, like little, oh. little, little, little kid Thora Birch, and you know it has great scenes that mirror some bits here. Where you know at the beginning, it shows where needlessly psychotic bully children uh, picking on a girl for being ever so slightly different to them in the school, and it's a very monoculture school. So lots of lots of blonde-haired white kids are picking on this other blonde-haired white kid for not being exactly the same as them because she's. I guess standing in a slightly different part of the playground, but she uses her mind powers to give the kid a blood nose, and then he does some excellent ugly crying. Great, great story. And then other things happen in this room. That's literally just the first minute. Um, but yeah, I'm really loving this series of the '90s Outer Limits. Wow, like it's yeah. great. It's been so much fun. It's very much of its era. You definitely, you would never think to yourself as you're watching it. This could be out today. It feels very much like it's the 1990s, but you know what? It's a bit like watching Captain Marvel where you think, oh, remember when you just pretended everything was horrible in the 90s and actually it was dead good. Halcyon days. Yeah. Halcyon days. 
Um, yeah, indeed. Apart from that, just the film of the week. Okay, um, so I've not really watched much over. Yes, as you said, we filmed quite late last week and we're quite early this week. I'm still watching 101 scary, Scariest Movie Moments on Shudder, which is great. Um, How's that watch list going for you? Well, this is the Add thing. it every seen, day. Luckily with this one, I've seen most of them and it's not as like constant as In Search of Darkness. However, a few have been added, including a couple of films that we're actually going to cover this month on the podcast, um, including one in particular, Terrified. Um, the Argentinian um, horror movie. We've got special guest Ash Millman joining us at the end of the month for this. Very, very excited. Um, but yeah, so loads of films that I'm com- I'm kind of discovering from it. And also like it's making me remember certain moments. What I love the most about it, and I think I said this last week, is it will say, here's the movie. And I'll go, it's got to be this moment from the film. This is a scary moment. And when you get it right, it's so satisfying. Because <laughs> you just go, see, that is the scariest moment. Or maybe like something that isn't considered the scariest moment in that film, but then you remember what that moment is. You're like, oh yeah, that probably that is really effective. Like uh, twenty eight days like later, to... for example, the moment they've chosen is the blood drop dropping into uh, Brendan Gleeson's eye, and then he starts going going ragey. What are you going to say, Andy? I was going to say I don't remember now, Ben. Do they have any repeats, or are they only allowing one per film? Only one per film, and I, I feel like it's not like in order. It's not like here's the top 101, and we're going to go down to the number one scariest yeah. moment. I feel like it's just 101 scary. Throw moments. it, throw it like as a throw it into a randomizer. But yeah, okay, then a controversial one, Ben. Absolute horror classic. Let's go for Alien. What's your horror moment from that film? Is it the bit where? Hand, the thing comes out like of John Hurt. Yeah, is it the jazz hands bit in the? It's the jazz hands bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's horrible. That bit. When he's in yeah. the when he's up up in the up in the up rafters. In the fence, up and in that the magician alien like goes ta da and gets him. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's but a yeah. Great game to play. If you watch it, so it's on Shadow. But if you watch it, a great game to play. It's just naming what you think the scary moment's going to be. Um, and it's good. It's good. I, I love it. I feel like I could watch like documentary content about horror films forever. You know what I mean? Oh, I could a... watch I, I could watch top ten talking head things about anything forever as well, even if, if there's some semblance of a countdown. Yeah. It's great. It could it's be I, I could watch on channel four with adverts and everything, top one hundred things Andy Conduit Turner fucking hates. Let's sit and watch the entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> but it's in there increasingly yeah, pissed right. off going what do I what number one wonder what number one's gonna be what is number one number one somebody directed you to park come on come back come out this way oh fuck off will you just let me park leave me alone fucking hell come on back back a bit that's too far too far ah! it'd be it'd, it'd be incomplete lists and the program would end at number two uh, and like, fuck no <laughs> and next up on ah no, that's it. Done. So I've been watching that. I'm up to episode six of The Last of Us. I don't know if you've kept up. Andy, have you? One more. Watching... To, I've got this week's to watch. Okay, so the brand, the episode seven, you you mm-hmm. need to watch. J- Jalen, have you been watching The Last of Us at all? Not, not yet, really. No, oh, yeah. everybody's recommending it, so I'm keeping it until the noise it's all available, comes yeah. down. This is me. This is me always. I did this with Game of Thrones. I did this with a lot of shows. Oh. 
And people talk to mute, and then I watch without judgment and see what I like. Oh, that's good. That's good. I I do feel like it would be nice to be able to binge. the The gap between the weeks is fairly agonizing. It's hmm. scary. Yeah, it kind of like tears me apart. I yeah. only allowed it, I think, in Supernatural when I was a fan. I was a fan of the first five seasons, so I would like be on hiatus and having a countdown. You know, like when is oh, it okay. to when air? is it back? Yeah, and th- so this is was the only one. Other ones, no, no, no. I'll just binge watch oh. everything. I, my only recommendation, Jalen, when you get round to The Last of Us, is for for mental health reasons, binging it may not be may not be helpful. The cliffhangers are one thing, which are stressful in their own way. But it's a depressing show, man. No, the, pre- the, the game itself was. I played the game with my cousins, and I just I was so sad. Like it's a sad time. time, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, watching I mean, it, living this moment. It, ugh. It, it is a beautifully made, incredibly compelling, incredibly sad time. But but it is one. I mean, that is a pr- apparently it. We can, even though we've discussed the film a bit already, we can jump into. The film of the week, if that suits the pair of you, shall we? Suits me. Me, on a me. Let's do it. Okay, so Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon is a 2021 American fantasy thriller film. I'm going to put horror in brackets. That sounds fair. Written and directed by Anna Lily Amipour. Um, it stars Kate Hudson, Jun Jong Seo, Ed Screen, Evan Witten, and Craig Robinson. Uh, a girl with unusual powers escapes from a mental asylum and tries to make it her uh, tries to make it on her own in New Orleans. Okay, um, so it's got six point two on IMDb on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got seventy four percent critic score, sixty one percent audience score, and a three point three out of five score on Letterboxd. I've got some choice reviews here from Letterboxd users. Josh Rowley says, amusing, colourful, engaging, fantastical, located, sad, stylish, undercooked, underwhelming. Oh, that went downhill, didn't it? Uh, Three stars. Three stars. Um, Kraut Salat says, being really hungry gives you superpowers. Four stars. Um, And then Mikey Flick says, it's like somebody asked Sean Baker to remake Carrie. I know we already mentioned Firestarter as a sort of comparison there. Carrie probably is as well. Yeah. Obviously she's got, different she's got more Carrie-ish powers, I guess. Three and a half stars. But not like quite. Netflix, but not quite, no. Um, yeah, so I mean, across the board, it, the score seems to be pretty high. It seems like everybody, well, most people seem to really enjoy that. Yes, sure. Sci-fi thriller more so, I guess. The cast is like quite high profile, as I mentioned before. Probably unexpected unexpectedly high profile is this a first time watch for both of you oh this is my second i watched it i think this year beginning of the year and i was mesmerized oh so you've seen it literally this year so like yeah yeah 2023 oh wow okay how how was are you usually the kind of person who who likes to watch it if you really enjoy a film do you like to watch it again really soon afterwards or do you like to leave it for a while and i watched it again soon because the podcast is this yeah that's the only reason maybe the guys are like yeah only if it's like too like for me this happened with moonlight i think for me the diner scene i had to watch the scene again and again and again so i i kept watching it like after after like months after but usually when i like a movie even intensely like 
I want to leave you. I want to forget about you. And then I want to come back and see if you have the same effect mm. on me. So no, I wasn't intending on watching it anytime soon, but for you guys, I had to prepare. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, it was the first time, first time watching me, Ben, I think said at the top, we it got onto my watch list. Good reason, as good as an excuse as any to get around to watching it. How about yeah. you? It's just really weird that I not even heard of it. You know, that's, that's strange. That kind of it really did go under my under my radar. And when you mentioned it, I was a bit. Like, oh. It wasn't even like I went, "Oh, I've seen that poster before," or "I've yeah. seen like a clip or anything like that." I didn't know anything about this film, so in a way, um, quite a refreshing thing to be able to approach a film knowing next to nothing like i didn't watch a trailer just went into it completely completely blind and uh especially had, it's had a good time surprising it isn't uh hasn't got a little bit of a bump because i feel like kate kate hudson in particular has been in the spotlight thanks to glass onion towards the end of the year you would have thought that this yeah. would have been surfaced off the back of that, but I think I hadn't heard about it, just mentioned in passing on a podcast. I'd not seen any marketing to this. No. How, how did you How did you discover this one, uh, Jayla? Actually, like, I go and surf the IMDb. Like, for me, I'm bored, and I get recommendations from friends, but I'm always on the hunt for new movies, any kind mm. of movie. So I think there were two ones. There was this Halsey, uh, kind of like, sort of a movie long music video called if i can't have love i want power and underneath someone else oh, recommended okay. this movie so i like wow those two titles are crazy i don't watch those two things whatever they are so i watch them like right after the other that's how oh great so, yeah so if i can't have love i want power that's that's how that's the housey like album isn't it so she it's sort of a, like an elongated music video oh, sort of movie thingy, you know, like I think like Lemonade with Beyonce. I don't find it like a music video. It was some some sort of a tale, a story told mm, through okay. her songs. So it was just a magical, it was a magical discovery for me. Wow. Is that like a feature length thing as well? Yeah, it was short? long. It was about like, I think it was an hour long or something. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. Okay. Very, very well made too. And very daring, I must say. Wow. Um, very cryptic. Very. If you want spookiness, you want it. If you want an eerie feeling, you want it. If you want female body horror, you want it. It has a lot of elements. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, same thing with Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Really, really well made. It looks great. Uh, soundtrack's awesome. Um, really strong lead performance and really good supporting performances as well, especially from people that maybe you'd be, you wouldn't necessarily expect to be in this film. Obviously Kate Hudson pops up, Craig Robinson. Um, wait a minute. Zac Efron. Why is Zac Efron listed is in the cast? That's not, that's not legit. Is it? He wasn't oh, right. Am I crazy? He wasn't no. there. I'm well, scrolling. Now says, now. I'm reading it now. It just says Zac Efron had joined the cast of the film. So maybe he was like Ed screens role. Oh, maybe. Yeah, get him out. Good, good. Good for the universe. What? <laughs> get Zac him Efron, out. Please, I don't want him ever. See you later. See you later, Zac Efron. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, obviously we mentioned the cast and everything, I guess we could just jump straight in to sort of, I guess, at the top of the show, we already spoke a little bit about the themes and everything like that, so we can just pretty much jump straight into 
the the film and this opening scene, which reminded me a little bit of Kill Bill. You know, this opening scene. Me yeah? too. Damn. Me too. Yeah. With the with the like, you see the back of the nurse walking <laughs> down the corridor towards where uh, Mona Lisa is being held. Well, she's in like a, a, a an institute, isn't she? She she's literally yeah. got a a a um what's it called? Uh, well, they. She's in a straight. She's in a straight jacket. Straight jacket. I don't know what that's called. But we, it's revealed to us later on that she's been fairly like cataleptic for years, right? That she hasn't really interacted with people. We can see that she physically moves around the room because you see her look around and hop up onto the bed before the the care worker comes in, but as we learn a bit later in the film, she hasn't interacted with anybody directly for years. And then we, the first interaction we get is, it's one of a fairly casual cruelty, right? She walks in and she says like, you know, hey, stupid, or hey, idiot, or something like that. And she like, you know, knocks her on the head. Slaps her in the bunts, yeah. Yeah, gives her a slap around the head and then sits down and starts cutting her nails um on on the floor while complaining that oh. she doesn't earn enough money to and I have to have money I have to pay money to get my nails cut. Um yeah. the only I... person whose nails I cut occasionally are my dogs and that is a violent and horrible time <laughs> because he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it at all Ben. He hates I mean, it. Have you ever have you had your toenails cut by somebody else? It's, it's, it's not terrible. since I was a not since I was a child. No, <laughs> it feels like you've just got no literally no control of anything. And I think I'm quite a ticklish person. I think I could quite easily boot someone Come in on, the face. Ben, let me think. What? I keep imagining you. I keep imagining in that situation. Guys, <laughs> 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 like. If you're like a woman, you have to have the pedicures and shit. And when you go, I usually hate it. I don't want you guys near my feet, you know, like I keep eyeing them suspiciously. And I think the girls just want to finish the goddamn job because look, your mom is okay with it. Your sister, the kid, what's your problem? But you know, like I'm so wild. I think when someone comes near my feet, I'm like, no, thank you. So yeah, sometimes it happens and it's not comfortable, at least for me. These toenails, well, they've seen better days, unfortunately, Mona Lisa. No dis- no disrespect to Mona Lisa, but they're, like, they're dirty, they're long. That's, uh, the, that's the horror of poor funding of a, of a state healthcare system, then. There we go, um, not just know, poor funding. They, but if it, was, if it was looked after, you'd be looking after that patient's nails, what, weekly? You wouldn't be letting them get in that kind of state? Not just poor funding, but not a very good screening process that they've hired some like low-level Low-level abuser. To yeah. be to be the person who's doing it, but she gets her comeuppance fairly quickly, right? Yeah, she does. She hasn't learned the lesson that doing someone's nails is like doing your gutters. It might be a job that you don't want to do if you don't do it regularly. It's going to get a lot worse, and that's <laughs> what she's, and that's what she's done. She's I thought done we were going to see like a like a, a scratch with the foot or maybe something like that. Like a... yeah, but no. Um, what we weren't expecting is she would use her mental powers and i don't know what this is because it's not telekinesis because she's not moving she's not moving the thing she's forcing someone else to move it so she like has like a like a charles xavier like mental domination power right she can basically use people like puppets and 
She will imitate the movements that she's going to make with her own body, does Mona Lisa, and then the person that she has taken control of will perform those actions. And she gets her to stab herself a few times in the thigh with the with the nail scissors. Yeah, which is like... And then, yeah. right. If she'd used a pair of clippers, it would have been a very different scene. The next yeah. bit. So obviously she escapes. This next she, she bit is released. Is... She's released out of her cell first, right? So she gets the 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 pedicure lady to undo her, and then she meets another a young gentleman watching his stories, eating some cheesy poofs. I gotta and... be totally honest. In terms of in terms of real life horrors, right? I can't stand the sight of anybody eat, eating like any sort of cheesy snack if it's on their hands around their mouths like toddlers like little kids doing that it covered it, in what's it dust it makes me it it, it makes you feel more not, and the kids there's also snot and you feel don't like don't even say oh, that don't even yeah, say like, that little candlesticks my kid and i just want to slap the mother and the kid <laughs> slap the mother and the kid thank uh, you guys when, so much not enough <laughs> coming towards you with the cheesy fingers Nothing Isn't makes you feel cute and snotty. No, yeah. Um, that for me, I mean, there's not even kids involved in this. It's 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 a grown adults eating cheesy snacks. Oh, Seriously, man. it made me it made me want to look away. I think more than I would if there was like any other sort of body horror torture, torture porn going on the screen. I would much rather look away during the cheesy poofs moment. Tell you what, you know, if you ever go around Ben's house, he uh. He'll serve cheesy poofs and he gives everyone chopsticks so you can eat them without getting on your hands. Serve I wouldn't even serve them. <laughs> if I Pringles on a thin... <laughs> no, I wouldn't. And I don't mind them, you know? It's not like I don't like... I don't mind eating them myself. It's just the sight of anybody else. I'm like, on the... It really does make me feel like my gag reflex is... You eat them in a clean room that has no mirrors in it so you can never see what has become of you and you have to shower oh. before you leave. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> It is the kind of thing I want to wash my hands with. And if someone else doesn't wash their hands after it, I'm like, don't touch that remote control. Don't touch anything else. There'll be cheese It's like, oh, we've had a snack. Should we go for a game on the PlayStation? And no. if you've got your own controller, mate. Absolutely not otherwise. No. And if someone is, like, sucking their fingers after <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I know how to scare Ben. Imagine yeah. then right, do what ben, I want. <laughs> ben can confirm that if this is a horror film, it's at the most triggering moment of a film we've watched this year. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think. Did you, you know what? This is how bad it is. Do you remember the moment in Toy Story Two when that larger guy, you know, the guy who like runs the toy store, and they're trying to get something off of him, and he's fallen asleep with like cheesy fingers. <laughs> And they're like trying to grab his, grab someone out of his hands. I couldn't even watch that. As like a kid, I was like, ah, oh no, 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 no. It's animated. It's like a Pixar animated cheesy dust. Even that, horrific. Those, those fingers are too cheesy. What what generates it most? But we will move on from this moment eventually. But like, would you say <laughs> the most triggering cheesy dust is created by a what's it or or a Dorito? Pretty much just a what's it for some reason. Doritos, yeah, Doritos are just I don't know, and some people are really smarty, you know, like throwing them, but dust, yeah, it just gets into things you cannot help. I feel like cheesy Doritos, I feel like they'll just create a slight staining on your fingers. However, 
cheesy Watsits will create some sort of um, dust which gets in the air and all around you. It's a completely different And your process. clothes too. Yeah. And your yeah. hair, your hair like is in second, your face and you eat it. Like and oops, have a beard. I'm going to yeah. suggest, if you don't mind, that we move on from this. So that guy's eating his cheesy poofs and she's like, give us some. And then he sets the alarm off. So she uses her psychic powers to make him go and nut the TV and knock himself out. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't deserve to die or well, wait, wait, she doesn't actually kill anybody, does she? Really? Her, no, her whole just, thing is gonna she just knocks him out, incapacitating people. Yeah. There we go, and then, and then she escapes, and the, yeah, again, she escapes. Great shots, great shots of her like walking through the. Through the the cityscape of New Orleans, um... New Orleans is such a cool city, like a, yeah, such a, like a unique look it. about it, right? I want to go there after this movie, and I think before that, after this movie specifically. Mm. Yeah, have you on it? Uh, New Orleans-based horror movies, Interview of a Vampire. Is that New Orleans? Yes, at least partially. This like gothic, you know, like you know, like dream, homoerotic dream, New Orleans, not the real. Of course, you know, else is in and around there, Ben. Bit of the Candyman, of course. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a local legend, like right there. Oh, I don't want to go. I hate Candyman. Candyman is like scary. Oh, be careful, Jalen. You said his name twice now. You've got three more. Oh shit! No, don't you dare! (laughs) Don't you dare do this with me! Leave this. If my mom knew got three left. It doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't matter how far apart they are. That which yeah. cannot be named is yeah. a local legend in New Orleans. It's okay if you say if you say Candyman. it in a slightly different cadence, like no, Candyman. No. Candyman. That they that'll confuse him. You won't even know. If you do see it on you, I'll go to Ben's house and like sprinkle all to. the dust, all the cheesy puppy dust on his clothes, on his that's that's a true horror for me the true horror for me would be a man made out of like cheesy cheesy dust that's it cheesy dust man just combine just combine everyone's fears so like it's a it's a candy man covered in cheesy what's it dust and he's mr blobby something along those (laughs) joint lines will smith makes a cameo in the movie and says no please forgive me because i'm just slapped God. Oh God! Me. You heard me when you yeah. said Michael Will Smith makes a cameo yeah. in the movie. It will be. He will be the cheesy guy. It will, will be revenge at him. The cheesy guy. He gives Chris Rock a cheesy slap. <laughs> um, you get like a dusty handprint on your face. Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. That's still my favorite bit. My favorite bit is is Chris Rock saying that and like his voice gonna break in a bit because I actually feel really bad for him. Will Smith just slaps out of me and he's been eating Watsits out of his goodie bag. <laughs> and his goodie bag of Watsits. He just sat in the audience like <laughs> So where does where does Mona Lisa go first? So Mona Mona Lisa wanders into the streets of New Orleans where I didn't check the actors' names, but it looks like she basically meets Chad Kroger, Taylor Hansen, and Weird Al, um, <laughs> and between them they discuss. They discuss one of them has to give her give her his, his converse, um, and then it's she like heads a Terminator, on away. Terminator moment, though, right? Yeah, she, she gets the shoes. Why do I have to take my shoes off? And it, just a tiny little interaction between these characters that, as far as I'm aware, we never see again. But and again, then, they they give up. They give up like their shoes and clothes, like voluntarily, right? 
Yeah, is, I don't think she uses is... her powers on them. Someone just one of the others turns and says, "Hey, give her your, give her your shoes." They, they, they. It's a small act of kindness. Saw some graffiti and yeah, yeah. saw some graffiti like, in Glasgow I... the other day that said, "The people that have the least will always give you half," and that's true. It's a true story. I really, really do. I really do like it. Um, it also that, that that's something about this feels almost like kind of like a sort of fantasy film in a way because it's like I understand the sentiment I completely get it and I think it's a great sort of um, plot detail but in a way part of me is kind of thinking maybe it's a cynical part of my brain where I'm like the chances of coming a lot across so many people who are willing to give and to help and stuff like that it does that's kind of what makes it feel like that sort of fantasy film but like a like a feel-good it's not often we say that in in on this on this show, but almost like a feel good element of it. I, I don't remember uh, this... Jack Kroger Rog- being there though, Andy was he? He was, he was he was right there. <laughs> um, did he did he say that a hero could save us? Well, he wasn't going to stand there oh, and wait. God. So, <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, honestly, one of my favorite songs. Don't care. Don't even care. Me too. Me too. I don't care. Love it. This has come up before, but like, you know, people say like people make fun of Nickelback and then people go out to try and defend them. Don't worry about them. They're filling stadiums still. They're doing all right. (laughs) Make fun of them all the time. I don't even feel they're that bad. I don't know. They're worse. They're worse bands, you guys. I agree. But I don't like it when people say, oh, I love that song Hero by Nickelback. I go, hey, 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 hang on a minute. It's Chad Kroger of it's Chad Kroger of Nickelback featuring Josie Scott of Saliva. Come on, don't get it completely wrong. Oh, two Titans, never as such a band of nominated been formed. Not until year no. generations later when we would get busted as there'd been such a musical powerhouse. <laughs> it was in Spider-Man and it was nominated for a Grammy. Won't be amazing. Um, um so after they've after they've given away their shoes, um Pop's finest, giving their shoes away to Mona Lisa. <laughs> we have a really interesting scene where she turns up outside the um, uh, outside just a convenience store. Cheekily tries to pinch a man's chip, and he's not having any of it. And then this is where we meet. I like, um, I like that interaction, you know. Where yeah, he's just like, oh. like, no, <laughs> and she was still still going for it. I suppose in whatever institute she was in, she's not been really getting very good grub, has she? No, certainly not any certainly not any cheesy poofs. Um so and this is where we meet Ed Ed Screen's character. And at first I was like, where do I know him from? He's Francis from Deadpool. Um Yeah. So yeah, a, a very weird experience. Again, not knowing what to expect from this film on a first watching. Mm. My immediate instinct watching this, and appreciate I'm watching this as a as a, as, a, as a guy like Jalen, I'm interested to know what your take of it watching it was as well. Like, my immediate thought is, oh, this is a predatory guy and this is going to be some terrible yeah. danger that she's in immediately, right? Yeah, and I just thought this guy is going to die. She's going to kill him. He's going to try to do blah, blah, blah. But then the sweetness of it, I don't know, just he turns out to be like a lot, a lot kinder and sweeter than I thought he'd be. Like, he, he's a cool guy. Like, he's, he's not the villain, he's not a predatory kind of guy like he's a cool he's a good guy deep down so you and you'd never expect that i think the way she portrayed him or the way she shot him Annalie Emmerpour was really interesting to me because you know like kind of like she just 
defies what you have, what preconceptions you have of the character. So this made mm. me feel like, wow, this is good. This is nice. That's a really good way of putting it. Completely defied, goes up, goes completely the opposite direction to what your expectations of that character are going to be. He reminded me of, he had the same sort of energy as Robert Pattinson in Good Time. If you've seen that film. You know, I've not seen Good Time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Ooh, which is which is a great which is a great film and almost like cinema cinematography wise it kind of felt a little bit similar but he had this sort of vibe where he's like you know he's probably a bit of an idiot um probably in into some bad stuff but essentially his heart is in the right place and at least he's treating somebody especially somebody um like our like like Mona Lisa who is in need of some well not necessarily in need of some help but you know he's there should she need it and uh isn't kind of using anything to, to to sort of get there was a time when he sort of asked for a kiss that i thought maybe he it was going to go in a, in a more yeah way. yeah but it didn't no and like he gives up he gives up his shirt and then she just really kind of says like he never at least as far as i recall he doesn't actually make any moves to try and stop her from leaving he gives up his shirt exactly. and then when she sees the policeman harold um, the Pontiac Bandit himself from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, when he turns up, and we've seen him hear the call that there's an escaped um, mental patient on the loose, but he has actually turned up to um, deal with some girls that are drunk outside the store, right? And then he notices... She's chundered all over the floor, and I like this because she was like, oh, it's her birthday, she drank too much. He's like, still a $100 fine if it's your birthday or not. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't 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 matter. In fact, that even if it's your birthday, so, but please, I'm not that. many kind of trails off that conversation because he sees Mona Lisa, fresh in Ed, um, you know, in Ed's shirt there, like wander, wander off, and he pursues her. And again, it's an interesting approach because even though he tries to, you know, have that authority a little bit later, he begins in quite a gentle, a gentle way, right? Which you know, increasingly, and, you know, there are huge issues with, uh, I think, that the public see from policing in, in the modern society that we live in today all over the world. But I think it's a very different portrayal of a of a member of the police than, than that we see in a lot of films. Like, he has an authority, but he's also quite a gentle character, right, that he comes across. I think you immediately strikes you as a fairly likable and sympathetic guy. It doesn't seem like the hapless cop that tries to arrest your main character and that you want to see killed off immediately, right? It's weird yeah, because exactly. who is the antagonist in this film, really? Kind of shifts, doesn't it? I mean, he is technically, for a large thing, he is the force that's against them, but yeah, you don't necessarily wish him any harm, which is unfortunate because he gets a little bit of harm right now where... Um, in trying to arrest us, no, come on, you're going to come with me. It's going to be the easy way or the hard way. And she uses her power to make him shoot himself in the knee. That was kind of a, you know, like a, a moment where I felt like, no, why did you do? Why did you have to do this? Yeah. Just let him tie himself up or something. But just don't hurt this guy. Like he seemed like a very good guy. So I, a little bit, I felt a little bit, you know, like, ah, maybe you shouldn't have, babe. Oh, Lisa, you've taken it one step too far. You made him fire, <laughs> made him fire his gun up. In, I thought made him fire his gun up in the air, and then I don't know. She could have done anything else. Um, but yeah, made him shoot himself. 
It is knee, which is a bit harsh because I imagine that that hurt. Probably comes sharp, didn't it, Andy? It comes comes ever so sharp. It was proper right sore afterwards when he's in the hospital. Um, so it does come a bit sharp. He collapses to the floor, screaming, and off off she goes. Um, and then follows onto your background, doesn't it? Then like it's she finds herself outside a outside a diner where we're introduced to another major character and the other what's it, what female co-lead of this of this story in Kate Hudson's character whose name My is Bonnie. Bonnie Bell. Yeah. Bonnie Bell. And I guess in a like a sort of unconventional role for Kate Hudson, I'd say. It was it was definitely the kind of role that I thought I guess you kind of see her usually in romantic comedies um obviously later a little bit more serious roles i guess obviously glass onion this year she was in the skeleton key wasn't she that which is like a gothic supernatural horror film um so i guess in terms of like genre films i can't really think of much else that she's been in that would relate closely to this in a way feel feel like when it came to casting this one it's someone who has a similar filmography in terms of those genres that you've touched on Ben but I feel like if Kate Hudson hadn't been available for this you know you would have got on there J-Lo would have would have sat this role perfectly as well Jennifer Lopez in I'd be like cursing like creep You bet. And because I just, I was just gonna say, I love her so much. I don't even see an ounce of evil. She's street smart. She's not phased easily. You know, like even in harsher moments, you could see her like smoking. Even if she's scared, she just likes to put on a strong upfront. She's just a badass. She just like she teases people. Everything, even the looks, even the the cheap clothing, the hair, the acrylic nails. Everything about her is just so good. I love, and she's I like, love it. So, sorry, sorry, Jalen. Definitely, definitely tell me. I want to know what you love. I love her hair, like the sort of. Me back too. Look. Me too. It's so. Good. It's so. It's the kind of. I think if you ask me, like my role models, like even if you ask me, like Egyptian female roles, usually people like pick leads and stuff like. I pick the badasses, like the ones who are like in fights and going on like this, and she has an aggressive sexuality quality to her. So this is to me Bonnie. She's like a character I totally love. I could have put. Uh, what I like about Bonnie as well is just... what was that? I'm so short I couldn't like do the pole like I'd be like head oh, level. Right. So yeah, very short stripper at that. <laughs> but that'd be good because if you got up the pole, you could spin around for ages because it'd take you ages to get down before you before you hit the floor. Now that's, that's a trick. Thank you, Andy. Maybe if I shift my career, that'll be out. You know, you gotta keep your options open. Um, Never know. I kind of like Kate Hudson's character as well because she's like a sing she's like a single mum she's like an older woman, but she's in like a um, position of of power in su- in a way. I, I know it's not like she's not like the well. What what is she necessarily in, in in her role? Because it seems like a lot of the other women look up to her. She seems to be in charge of like distributing the the money as well. I think she has um, like a huge a huge confidence about her and like she immediately accepts the situations that she is in so like obviously momentarily in the plot of the film she very quickly grasps the fact that this woman that she has just met has these special powers and there isn't a moment of disbelief there isn't a moment of testing that it is how you can immediately use that to your advantage to better your situation because 
as we meet with, I mean, hero of the story, lovely little boy that we meet later on, who's the sweetest of hearts. Yeah, I love. I loved her her parenting technique with him as well because it felt really realistic. (laughs) You know, sometimes you really just do have to go. All right, I'm not going to make a big deal of this. Um, Do what you want. We'll talk about it later when you've calmed down. That's realistic. Same. She's so yeah. good with him, and like the um, yeah, she, she but she's someone who is unfazed by what is going on with the world. She's clearly like dealt with some difficult things, and we see this straight away. So she's there, just you know, she doesn't necessarily go out of her way looking for trouble. She's she's ordering some food and leaving, and then another customer, her boyfriend, is checking Kate Hudson out, and um gets busted for it by his girlfriend. Unfortunately, well, his girlfriend, this, this, rather than being this, angry with him, is angry with her. This was kind of unfair, because I'm like, is he checking her out? Or is he just, just looking at each other? You know, there is a difference, right? What was it? And sometimes, out? Ben, I've been... I've been... I've fallen foul of this and felt ever so embarrassed because it's looked like you're staring at someone. But sometimes, you know when you're just looking <laughs> and you're thinking, so your eyes are facing in one direction, but they're not necessarily switched on. I I'm use that excuse as well, Andy. I use that no, excuse. Sometimes, as well. Ben, I'm looking I'm looking inside my mind palace for, you know, for oh, answers yeah. to the important questions of the world, like, you know, what order am I gonna do jobs when I get back to the house? Am I gonna run the hoover around before I make a cup of tea? Or do I make a cup of tea first and let it cool while I'm doing that? Sometimes I'll be thinking of important conundrums like this. And then it turns out that like some guy on the bus thinks that you're like death staring him. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's terrible. And that's the situation that I, I think that in this case, guilty as charged, Your Honor. The guy was but, looking, the guy was checking. Also, it's not Kate is, Hudson's fault. This is toxic relationships uh, status here, right? Because yeah. why make your problem someone else's problem, you know, your relationship problem? Um, or even if it is a problem, you know, which, you know, we don't know the history of this relationship, but she's like, I'm going to go and kick Kate Hudson's ass. Oh, and she seems... pushes her and makes her drop a burger on the floor. She could be the most innocent woman in the it's world. Not a very hard... finished. It's not you just a very paid hard for some push. food and you've knocked it over. Fuming. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to change the subject. I've got, I've got Kate Hudson's Wikipedia page open here. The most random, the most random like pair I've ever, that I remember seeing she used to go out with Matt Bellamy from Muse. Kate Hudson did for like, for like four years. That's random, isn't it? That's a random pairing. Matt Bellamy it's... from Muse. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I didn't expect that one. Oh well. Sorry. What? Where were we? <laughs> um, horrible yeah, girlfriend isn't... pushes Kate Hudson over, and it would make you legitimately very angry. Like when you bought a pint at a gig, Ben, and someone knocks out your hand. It's definitely happened to me. Have I told you this happened to me? Yeah. It's Outraged. Spill it on yourself. Queued for about 15 minutes. Fought my way all the way back to back to where I was stood. Yeah, what's that? What's that? And then literally someone just smashes it out of your hand. And then not on purpose, obviously, but still. Oh my god. Bad times. You've got like you've got like a two, three second window to fall on your knees in like the most desperate apology before not not a violent man, Ben, but I just feel like the cells of my body would go nuclear and just melt the building down. Not one to throw hands, Ben, but I feel like just biologically I would just implode 
just so um, angry. Not one to throw hands, but sometimes a bitch slap is needed, as 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 happens here. But at least the, the at least the, the woman ready to fight Kay Hudson takes her, her big hoop earrings out, which you got to do, right? Yeah, you've got to make sure you haven't got any handles to be to be yanked on. Um, so they have a they have a little bit of a scrap, but Mona Lisa sees and intervenes. And there's a again, this is where I'm leaning into the fact that this does have horror and thriller credentials here, Ben, because it starts quite playfully, like this woman is giving herself a couple of slaps, but that fist closes up pretty fast, and then she's quite brutally like giving herself a right old thump in. Yeah, mm. this one was like, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, so uncomfortable. Like, yeah. imagine doing it to yourself. Like, someone else doing it to you, now that's bad. But doing it to yourself? Yeah. Everyone's reaction as well. So when this when this happens a few times in, in this film, of people, like, doing things to themselves, everybody around them, like, going, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that'd make what, it, that'd what, make what point it are you worse. trying to make? What point are you trying to make? I mean, I mean that boyfriend, bad bloke as he is, any policeman's going to be a likely story, because he's there, like, Stop hitting yourself. Stop. Is he, a bad he, he, bloke? he is gentle. Oh, he was checking out Kate. Checking out checking out Kate Hudson and then oh. not just taking it, letting his girlfriend walk out there and start a big old oh, fight. Yeah, that, you could just say, Yeah, she wasn't looking bad. at me really. That's pretty good. Gotta, bad. Take, well, gotta I just take, take responsibility for these things. You know, I don't wanna I'd I'd like to be comfortable enough in a relationship where I could I could look anywhere I want. Not not necessarily in that way, but you know, just don't you're not controlling my eyes. Leave my eyes alone. I've, re- I've reached a certain age and point in my life, Ben, where it's be every likelihood that if a woman dressed like Kate Hudson walked into the diner where I was sitting there considering my order, I'd be interested in what food she was getting in case it was a, a you know... Oh, Most definitely. Okay, to be well, fair, the milkshakes... I want to know ordering. Yeah, what are the milkshakes like here? Is it any good? Because, you know, you can have a bad milkshake. If you have a milkshake and it's more... It actually is milk and not ice cream. Deep disappointment, then. Terrible disappointment. But the thing is, I might be looking at Kate Hudson, A, thinking, didn't you used to go out with Matt Bellamy? And also thinking, <laughs> but also, I might be thinking she's attractive. I might be appreciating her hair. I might be appreciating her, out- her outfit or acrylic nails. I've not always got these, my intentions aren't always bad, you know? What'd you, what'd you take me for? Ben's throwing it out there, but like, haven't you got a top like that? Or, or go the other way. I think this is from Adam and Joe podcast years ago saying, state of her. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. I've pretty see what she bad. had for breakfast in that outfit, my Oh, goodness. no. I hate, that oh, is no, one no. of my least favourite phrases <laughs> ever. I hate it. Whenever anyone says that, I go, no, no, no. We've moved. Let's move on from that. <laughs> um, so it was, it was so, a crumpet. This, uh, this, uh, it's funny enough, that's had for breakfast, but um, the um, so she's this woman's hitting herself. Um, Belle immediately, uh, you know, works out who it is. She sees Mona Lisa over there, she takes her inside, buys her some chippies, and mm. has a little chat about what's going on. And you see how street smart she is, like, she connects the whole situation. First of all, she knows. This girl is doing mind control. Second of all, she knows this girl is hungry. So I'm going to win her over by buying her food. And the way she handles her, like, isn't this the best character ever? Like, she's taking life, you know, like, she's seen a lot of shit. You can tell this woman has mm. seen a lot. So nothing surprises her anymore. You know, like, a girl doesn't talk. 
mind control okay i mean like for me like every time my mom would tell me like a story have you seen this happen my mom loves the true crime crap she reads it and she's like can you believe this happened and i'm like mom i'm not faced by anything i've seen a lot of shit and my mom looks at me like i'm some you know like martin scorsese character like no you're my stupid dog but still i'm like i've seen this before like and the building fell mom i'm not surprised anymore so like i like the bonnie attitude of it all yeah definitely i think that's it not being surprised by like the the terrible things that can happen in the world you know i think my 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 dad's probably quite similar in a way where he's always telling me about some terrible murder or something's happened and he's like why why haven't you got any sort of reaction i'm like it's not that i'm i'm not empathetic towards it it's not that i think it's i don't think it's terrible it's just yeah it's our generation i think come on we've seen a lot of shit and they were such a pampered generation. like yeah they've seen wars they've seen crap but still it's like we've seen a lot of crappy economic bullshit where you know like things get handled Mm. covid and all of this and we're growing up so yeah guys we're not faced anymore not phased not phased and kate hudson definitely isn't phased i keep saying kate hudson what's it what's her character's name bonnie 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 that's it i love her i love the actual we will get into it but i love when when uh craig robinson's character officer harold is looking for as well that nobody nobody like uh Dobbs are in, grasses are up. Sorry, that might be a turn of phrase. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. So, so, sorry, sorry, Jim. Dobbs are in. <laughs> What's Dobbs are in? It's like yeah, a It's like um, you inform the police, you tell on them. Yeah, oh, Dobbin. The po- you tell yeah. the police like you Dobbin. Ooh, nobody yeah, Dobbs are in. Oh, you're no, Dobbin are in. Dobbin bend to the cheesy puffs police. Don't dob dob me into the cheesy puffs police, all right? Don't mug me off. Uh, (laughs) So you can be mugged off, dobbed in, or grassed up. There's always a different preposition. You better not be mugging mugging me off, dobbing me in, or grassing me up. If you're doing any of those things, I'm going to be fuming. (laughs) But no one one does, thank goodness. Um, So (laughs) um, it turns out the... The strip club that uh, Bonnie works at, the Panty Drop, um, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's take the oh, it's take I the stray this... woman that you found to work day uh, to mm. work day. Um, so that evening, so she takes it in, and again we have we show <sighs> this thing. This is something that little uh, her son later points <laughs> out that Bonnie is very good at getting people to like her that that she's interested in or can do something for her. And you see this in the fact that she's also, when she goes back to the place, she's bought the bouncer at the nightclub. I love her interaction as well, the bouncer. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's so smart. I like this interaction. Yeah. And I, I guess the reality is that, you know what, maybe, we don't know this. He could have said, oh, you're nipping out for lunch. Will you bring me back a burger? I'm sat on the door. But I think it's presented very much that she's, she's she knows and she's keeping the bouncer Sweet. I'm just looking up to see if the bouncer has a, feels, a this name. This is real. This is real oh, as well, you know, like the, the kind of interactions that you'd like expect to see in real life rather than like everything. Like when there's a strip club in any any movie, it's usually always presented as like being seedy in a way, isn't it? But like it's very, it's not like that at all Definitely. in most instances. I think- exactly they would be like a family in a way like she would know about him he would know about her like i felt this felt natural to me 
more than you know yeah. like when you feel like this is a strip club and we have this bouncer who's like a bitch and she's like scared yeah. or she's like fat. i don't know something is forced in a way but not here mm. yeah yeah i agree with that um, definitely I mean, it's pretty quiet. It is a Wednesday night as we hear the announcement, and they've got some excellent deals on wings. Don't know why she had to pop out to the burger place, um, but she she did. So it's a pretty quiet night, and then there are some there are some right old like douches, probably the worst baddies of the of the film. Right, there are some horrible blokes in there that um, you know they're they're there at the strip club, and they make a point of giving her a. A fairly awful tip and you know expecting her to be grateful for it right they were two, like oh two dollars two dollars right i can't believe it two dollars you bastards imagine me <laughs> dancing my ass off to get two dollars i'm dancing my ass off over it eh? right? hurts <laughs> i mean difficult my ass off with a panty drop difficult for us as as brits though jalen like tipping is tip, tipping's a, a an unfamiliar thing for us here because you know Wow. Okay. Now I gotta learn. Well, like, well, like, especially like but if you guys go to the strip club, you don't tip the strip. Now I'm gonna feel. Well, I don't know. I now I understand it with food. The rule with food is if you pay before you don't. If you pay before you get the food, you don't tip. If you pay after you get the food, then you do. Oh yeah, I, I think it's. Yeah. I think in America it's even different from here in Egypt. Like here, tipping is kind of optional because they already have you know like service and stuff like that so if you tip yeah. you're like so, a more generous or you're so trying service, to so service is built into your standard pricing definitely in, yeah in in america loads of you know most you know most jobs where anyone does anything for you be it your cafe or cafe or your bar or your anything tipping is you know likely how those people a lot of people earn a living a survivable yeah. wage uh, when we lived in Korea, quite quite the opposite. I don't know if it's changed. I've not lived there for thirteen years, but like um, when we were over, when we lived over there, culturally, certainly then they didn't really tip. I've had people chase me down the street from bars to give me my change that I deliberately left. Oh wow! <laughs> people ch- literally been chased down the street. Oh no, you forgot your money. Or another time, a bar we went to very regularly, we went in there. We would always because we're so used to it you know and it wasn't even that you were doing the calculation it was like the bill is this much i'll round it up to the nearest whatever you know yeah a exactly yeah I know a nearable too. level and I'll, I'll just leave that and then i will i will leave immediately and not expect my change another time we went back and the the bar owner came over and said oh hi last time you were here you paid too much money wow <laughs> no way really what yeah. those when you pay too much oh, it's yeah. really good getting extra money you know like finding them yeah. in your pocket you know like oh that's my like they give it to me yeah and then and eventually we would yeah and eventually we'd be like no no it's like we're trying to give you extra but yeah culturally they don't um wow. it's just it's not really a thing um so yeah it's it's difficult but in england it's complicated because we there are things you tip for, but not to the same degree as the US. So it's a very weird situation. But I think we're not so blind to these ways that we would understand that paying a stripper was uh, was something that you that adding two dollars to was not offensive. I think adding two dollars to anything is kind of a little bit offensive, isn't it? A little Imagine bit. like don't even tip. You know what I mean? Like, have you guys heard my cat? Because he's 
reeking nah, hell. Uh, we can't Good. hear. <laughs> Good, awesome. So no, imagine like two dollars to this woman who busted her ass for your pleasure, you little. I don't know. Like for me, I was just pissed because they were like, you know, the way they're portrayed, it makes you hate them. Like they were, you know, like we're dudes. We're just there to see naked girls, and we don't want to tip them. So like, what? It just pisses me off. Yeah, and these are probably the only only male characters in the whole film that are presented um, in this way, aren't they? And in a, in a, in a negative, like... in a negative, yeah, as light, uncomplicatedly awful. Yeah. Um, so what happens from here? Obviously, Kate so Hudson. A, um... a quick conversation with Mona Lisa, and then, and then she explains what they're doing at a strip club, and then she goes and uses her powers to make them basically empty their wallets oh, yeah. and give them the and give and give and give her all of the money. This is, this is interesting. Mona Lisa is always um, interested in gaining new information, whether it's because she's been locked away for so long that she's forgotten. Maybe it's that she never ever knew. We don't we don't really know. Um, so yeah, she, when Fuzz tries to, says about kissing her, she's like, "Why?" And then again, when when she works out that people are paying to see uh, women take their clothes off, she also says, "Why?" No, why do they like looking at? Why do they like looking at beautiful women? And um, that's how she so, positioned it. Like you know, all the beautiful things in the world, more beautiful than butterflies and rainbows and all these other things. You like looking at naked women the most. I'll so tell you what, well, worth more I, than I love. $2. <laughs> I love going to the butterfly house in in the zoo. Is that what it's called? What's it called? The butterfly. Yeah, so the butterfly house is a thing. I'm always just giving them a giving them two dollar tips at the butterfly house. Oh, you're so beautiful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Flap those wings. <laughs> I'm always chucking coins down in the flower beds as I go past for you. <laughs> <laughs> for you. Yeah, that's kind of um, the way she portrays it. But it makes sense to Mona Lisa, doesn't it? Yeah. So she uses her powers, but obviously. You're not controlling these people's. There's a subtlety to the the powers. You're not controlling these people's minds, Professor X style. You are puppeting their bodies, so they're there all the time, yeah. going, "What are you? What am I doing? Why am I? Yeah. Why am I taking this money out of my pocket? Mm. I don't. I don't want to do this." And they give her the money, and then when they kick off, having you know visibly handed the money over, they incur the wrath of the bouncer, who I think is called Snacky. Um and he uh and <laughs> what's he... his name? Snack. Snacky. They called him because he loves. Oh, snack. that's why he likes snacks. That's why he <laughs> likes his. That's wow. how you buy him with snacks. I like he's got a little table there as well, where he, where he's bouncing. He's just got this little table, perfect for the snacks. Yeah, perfect for snacks. Um, so he he bounces those those douchebags, and then you know that's 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 clearly going to be their racket. She takes them. She takes she takes Mona Lisa back to a house and she meets her meets her son, little Charlie. Yeah, so Charlie, played by Evan Witten. Again, a really well written Witten is a well written character. Um, yeah, just like really he's got such an interesting personality. Like he's a he's a little metalhead. Um and he sort of teaches he teaches Mona Lisa about does he just call it moshing? I can't remember if I missed that. He did call it something, didn't he? He calls it something else that isn't moshing. I'm not sure yeah, if you're cool enough he to know what like, it's called, Ben. I don't know what it was. I think moshing is kind of like, I don't know what else you'd call it, really. But yeah, he calls it something else. I couldn't quite work out what he was listening to. I thought it was Mastodon initially, but then I don't think it was. But yeah, he kind of like teaches Mona Lisa about that. 
um and she gets involved in it as well doesn't she yeah and they they in a in a scene later on they become friends but before they do that we have another day where bonnie takes uh mona lisa out she gives her a bath in the morning and then takes her out to rob people at the atm now that's kind of mean bonnie i love you but this is getting too far because i imagine old guy with his little dog as well i know yeah i feel bad for this guy like you can imagine it doesn't happen a lot anyway so it just keeps robbing him yeah my um my note on this one was just oh no she's bad (laughs) just you're bad i like you it's even sexier that way (laughs) it's sexier that way this is the thing even though she's doing something like pretty bad like I don't know. Part of you still kind of like understands that she's she's out for herself, but like not in a really really sinister way. It's not yeah. like, yeah, not that I would agree with this, but you know, it doesn't feel in the grand scheme of things too bad. You know, she's going to get her comeuppance anyway. Not um, to say she even deserves it. Not yeah. not the, not not. I don't the know. She, she shouldn't she rob gets, the lovely lovely little old man with his little dog, and then not okay. only okay. does she use. Mona Lisa's powers to draw money out of the ATM, five hundred dollars. Then she puts him in a taxi. It's going to cost him. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Poor thing. Yeah, I mean, just turn around hello. again. It's twenty dollars, please. Sorry, what? How did I even get here? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was not. That's the thing. It's not a thing that kind of like it doesn't change your your memory of of events either, does it? So you kind of like you're aware of it. Um, you're aware. You can say to the taxi looks- driver. Stop immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long does it last? Exactly. Do you get like 10 meters down the street and you go, right, stop it. <laughs> so is pretty much at the same time where we see Craig Robinson um, in hospital and kind of doing a little bit of digging himself, speaking to yeah. other police officers and working out where Mona yeah, Lisa so he's, is. He's out of hospital now and he nips along to the thing and they're, they're reviewing the footage from the people who, I think the other two police um police officers are joking that like this guy was livid says that this woman robbed him but the video footage shows him just handing over the money um and they said like she used like hypnosis on him or something and he watches the video and he recognizes um Mm. and he and he recognizes oh that's that's the girl that i saw and who's that with her one of the other policemen there was like oh that's uh that's renowned stripper bonnie bell i was like i didn't know that (laughs) oh yeah Oh, just now I never forget a face, he says. It's also um he also interviews the guy at the institution who who was eating the cheesy poops and says <laughs> so he's he's already building up like an idea of like, look, it wasn't just me who experienced this phenomenon, other people are experiencing it as well. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's something to it. And he goes and sees someone at like a voodoo shop and gets some chicken feet as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because they say that the the lady there says it will protect him from the like the voodoo of the of, of yeah. Mona Lisa. Yeah, which it doesn't, or does it? No, <laughs> it uh, unfortunately doesn't. Um, so at That's this point, good. then, like we have some we have some back and forth here where, um. I guess this is um oh before we now have a day where they're at home where um Mona Lisa goes out with Charlie and this is where they become friends. They've done some moshing together 
And then he shows her the thing that he likes to do is to draw. He draws a lovely picture of her. Oh, that's and a he has a is that, right? And it is a very good picture. And he has a black eye um, from where some horrible bullies have um, been um, have been have been picking on him. And then at the end of their little day out, they happen to see him. He's doing some classic bully activities, just egging houses. These are like also it. are gonna be the guys in the strip club when they grow up who don't tip strippers. Oh, idiots they come full circle throwing eggs one minute not tipping the next is he got like a cut on his head as well the kid does it is that explained he's got he's got like a black eye and i think he's just been beaten up by those by those rotten kids Zip poorly is his name poorly that that sounds like a martin scorsese (laughs) Like hey, Paulie! Hey, Paulie! Hey, Paulie! Hey, what are you doing? Hey, Paulie! Hey, what are you doing egging that house over there, Paulie? God damn! 12 eggs! I can't eggs. see anyone called Paulie on here. So, there's a... Anyway, there's horrible, horrible little lad egging houses. And at first, he's not... You know, Mona Lisa is a, is a young woman, but she's still visibly an adult. And he's like, oh, get out of the way so I can beat up this kid. Um, but he uses his he uses her psychic powers. Yeah, she sounds angry like this dog. Uh, yeah, she she gets up and um, gets him to smash loads of eggs into himself very deliberately. It must have been a fun job as a as a young actor to be like pretending to be psychically piloted to smash eggs into your own face and body. I know. Why why are eggs so white in America? That's weird, isn't it? Is that only me who notices that? What, what color? What color are eggs in Egypt? I think they're kind of white too. Like, yeah, the yellow is there, but I think the white is very. In it's very in the, more... in the UK, they're very like. How would like, you describe them? Eggshells are like make... well, they're 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 an eggshell color. They're like sort of brownish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so oh we like... have we have both. I think we have the brownish ones and we have the yeah. whiter ones. I always feel like white eggs are like duck eggs in this country. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always fascinated by these little details. Sorry, I can't help it. Maybe yeah, America would awesome. be eating duck yeah. eggs all this time. <laughs> I've just never checked. Oh, the chicken eggs I think are all yeah. brown, right? Yeah, chicken oh. eggs are brown. Certainly here, or you can get blue eggs if you're very fancy and you're shopping at M and S. Oh, and if you like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, blue? Sure, sure, definitely. Hello, can I get the they're blue not, eggs? They're not really blue. They're just like oh, yeah. slightly bluey brown. Duck, duck egg blue. <laughs> yeah, like the like fancy that. chicken that eats while violins are playing and all that. Oh wow, yeah, yes. I love. They're the fanciest chickens. Have like dinner with the queen. Sure, I love it. Yeah, you that's, are. That's what happens. That's what happens for M and S. Anyone who shops at M and S gets that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just handsome when you walk in. Um. <laughs> oh no! I was trying to see. I was trying to see the the difference of different coloured eggs, and I've, I've come across a, a more terrible, like real life horror. Apparently, Tom. white he- white eggs come from chickens with white feathers. Brown eggs come from chickens with brown feathers. That sounds that sounds too simple. So answer. it's simple as that. But what about in, the bluish. In- Come from what peacocks and like yeah blue know, blue chickens. Blue chickens. <laughs> Maybe they paint the chickens blue and eventually like you well, know because they, they're they have blue blooded the they're like bred differently they're like from a different the you know. royal the royal chickens they're swan eggs, um, yeah. <laughs> but 
in in looking in looking up why why certain eggs are different colors Come. i found a product that is a deeply unsettling thing you can just get something called liquid eggs which is just oh, a yeah, bottle, I've seen that. Yeah, bottle I've seen of eggs that. i don't like that at all then yeah so like they crack all the eggs into a thing and then it, it's almost like it's not like a yolks and egg whites over it's like all mixed together isn't it and it's like yeah, a bottle well, you can... it's like a bottle of eggs yeah yeah, it's called liquid eggs. You can have liquid egg whites. Um, oh, you can. Yeah. I can. Uh, I tell you what, Ben, you can buy it in bulk, <laughs> six liters for thirty two pounds. I feel like eggs would be cheaper. I don't know. A liter of eggs is a lot. A liter six. of yellows too. Like okay, yeah. the whites are okay, but ugh. No, no, I think that's just like... egg whites. I'm not sure if you can get yellows. I'm 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 not googling this any oh further. There's no place enough of that. I read that because I think it's like a fit. I think it's like a fitness thing, or it's like in the fitness industry, people get liquid eggs. Because I think a boxer recently failed a drugs test, and the reason he said he failed the drugs test, he's like, I've been having too many eggs. That's why. I don't know why that would make him fail a drugs test, yeah, but then it, but then it came out that he'd been chugging on the liquid eggs. Oh my god, the things people would do for because <laughs> he's washing down his steroids with them. Actually, don't know exactly. if you're if you're that boxer listening. I'm sure you're not a cheat. Yeah. Especially if your punches are infused with steroid power. Damn. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna I find don't want to see your bathroom, buddy. Sorry. I don't want to oh even pass God, by can you it. Imagine? <laughs> Jesus. You'd have you'd have to you'd have to go and do it somewhere else. You couldn't do it in your in the comfort of your own home. Imagine this go... is your boyfriend. No, thank you. You're not doing it here, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're, dri- <laughs> you're driving down to Macca's every morning. Yeah. See you later. Uh <laughs> Right. But we're yeah, he doesn't have to, these guys don't have to drive down to Mecca's because their eggs have not been consumed into their bellies. They've been smashed onto a bully's face and he goes off on his merry way. Not merry way. He's very sad about it. He's quite upset. Um, but that bully situation sorted. Those two, so Mona Lisa and little Charlie, are fast friends at this point. Um, yeah. To the point he points out that his mom is very good at making people like her when she can do something for them and he immediately puts the cat amongst the pigeons by saying oh hey she doesn't have to go to work with you to help you rob loads of money uh off people uh, technically just psychically encouraging tipping um but <laughs> she but she she does the you know mona lisa goes with um with bonnie to work and the next scene we just see her rolling around like Scrooge McDuck in like just a fountain of money that's being thrown at her. Scrooge. This was a great shot as well, right? It was like a sort of it was like kind of upside down and the yeah the money. Yeah this was done beautifully. And then she's got so, like a, a wig wig on her bonce as well. Yeah she's and, got a uh, wig on her and uh, and some glasses. Like stylistically this film is an absolute treat. We get lots of shots of the titular blood moon um we get um lots of great like lighting effects and everything like this and i was also a big fan of however whenever mona lisa uses her powers and really stares at someone intensely we get the um it's like the jaws zoom you know where camera yeah. goes in while the camera moves forward while being zoomed out and it kind of warps that, that perspective a, slightly crash cra- zoom that's not that's not exactly what it is is it but it's kind of similar to that and yeah, it was. It's it's really effectively done, but she's done it again, and the other strippers are not happy about it because 
um, basically all the guys in the club have thrown all of this money at her oh, yeah. against their will, sort of, and now have no money left and are kind of leaving angrily. Mm. Yeah, a couple of them say you better sleep with one eye open. Yeah, because <laughs> let it get you. Let it um, get you. And that is when police officer um, Harold turns up with his cane uh, looking for Bonnie. And yeah, yeah. He his interaction hit. with Snacky here where it's like, can I yeah. just go and look at it? And he's like, yeah, $30. <laughs> no, that's <good. laughs> Yeah, it's good. Um, and then, yeah, and then he texts Bonnie to say, um, there's a cop looking for you with a cane. And then, it, so essentially, her and Mona Lisa immediately leave, run away, only to be pursued, Michael Myers style, by Officer Harold, ever so slow, calling after him. Somebody stop! Somebody stop him! And no, nobody obviously obliges. Uh, he finally catches up with them in like a quiet parking lot. Did you hear me shouting? You? She's like, "Oh no, sorry." <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. No, no, sorry, I didn't. Where are you running away? I'm just late. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Seriously. Yeah. It's really good, but then this bit kind of makes me sad because the wheels kind of fall off that once he's realised that he's going to arrest Bonnie, uh, not Bonnie, when he Mona Lisa, Bonnie does sort of throw her under the bus and say yeah. like, oh, well, she just least, stayed yeah. she just stayed at my house for a couple of days. I don't know who this is. Yeah. Um, and Bonnie has had, uh, you know, she throws her under the bus, but Mona Lisa has had enough of it. So she uses her powers to, she doesn't hurt uh Officer Harold this time. She just says, do you like people? Why do you like them? And it's a good, you know, they just why why do you like people and you know why don't you want to hurt them? Uh uh, but then she doesn't hurt him this time. She just handcuffs him or makes him handcuff himself mm-hmm. to the railings and then <clears throat> and then walks away and then heads off, right? Yeah. Doesn't shoot him in the other knee, which would have been a shame. That'd have been awful. I don't know if he's even carrying his gun. I feel like you wouldn't carry your gun if you knew you were going after somebody who could do that. Yeah, exactly. And this is where we learn the chicken feet don't work because he holds one up and then she just makes him drop it. Oh, yeah. That's good. I like that. It's a nice little detail, isn't it? Um, yeah. so... so Mona Lisa heads back home and decides that she is going to leave. She doesn't like Bonnie anymore. Um, but Charlie asks if he can... You can come with her. Meanwhile, Bonnie is walking is walking home and she encounters those three horrible blokes from the nightclub, uh, from the strip club earlier on, um, oh, who God, she yeah. extracted all the tips from. It's quite a brutal scene, right? This is probably yeah. where we lean most into yeah. the horror because again, we talked about the skill of the 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 shot placement in this and the way that everything is positioned. It's not for a, for a violent scene of three, three guys assaulting, you know, uh, like a woman. It's not really stylized in the least. It's quite a straightforward, um, made all the more brutal by its simplicity, right? Hmm. Exactly. I totally agree. It was just, you know, like, there was nothing stylistic about it. There was no you know, great camera work. It was just there, you know, like grim and brutal and realistic. And I don't know, it just felt it just felt too real. 
in many ways, I think, skillfully done Even in looking way. at the things that we are sensitive to. Like now, again, between horror movies and the way that action movies work right now, like we can see absolutely bone crunching fights in a superhero movie and it is entertainment and you see big over the top hits and people being knocked every way from Sunday all over all over a scene you can see bones being broken in a martial arts movie and it is I would say less affecting than what was a very simply shot mugging effectively followed by an assault in this alleyway where these guys they get their money back from them uh from from Bonnie and then just all beat her up quite badly exactly mm. and the way she's like... even negotiating with them it just felt brutal like are you guys gonna fuck like oh, the yeah, way she that. said as if she's accepting the worst you know like she's preparing herself to accept the worst and you know this is not a good situation for a woman to be in but at the same time she's just you know like she's standing her ground and i don't know i liked everything about it you would it, it imagine this is bonnie and this is how she would be dealing you keep thinking what must have bonnie been through before to make her mm -hmm. that prepared for something like that so i don't know it's a great scene and unexpected mm. in a movie like that yeah where everything is so dreamy and like yeah that's that's kind of what i was gonna say was that everything else kind of feels dreamy and like it's almost like fantasy where nothing quite feels real but these moments of real realism feel so real that they really do stand out in, in that film but yeah and then obviously obviously they attack her and then does she just wake up in the hospital or is that a little bit yeah later? we we next see her waking up in the hospital later and we did um skip earlier when they leave for work that day charlie has a row with his mom and says that he hates her he just uses people that she just uses oh, yeah. people and this is where you said ben that there's a realism in a conversation with her Son, there, where she's like, you know, you're you're really angry right now. Um, yeah, we're gonna let this one slide, um, and we'll catch it later. But he does choose to run away with Mona Lisa, and then who should they go and see? Um, but their friend, uh, well, man that they met once, who apparently is still hanging outside <laughs> yeah. the shop without his shirt that he lost it's, that day. It, it's like a Jay and Silent Bob scenario where like, if you want to go look for them, you know exactly what shop they're going to be outside of. It's yeah, fine, they're going to be outside that convenience store all the time, even though that shopkeeper is very unfriendly. Um, and he also says, to I, his told regular you, I told you she was going to come back. I told you I was going to see her again. So he's clearly been talking about her like fondly as well. Yeah, And his name is Fuzz. Um, so they go, and, they go and see Fuzz and he takes them to get some help. We very quickly see that the um, they're you know they're they're listed as a fugitive and uh you know now made even more that's... serious that there's a missing child yeah so that's that's on tv obviously the kid uh charlie charlie yeah charlie um, yeah is very excited that they're on tv he's kind of like this is cool can't believe I'm, we're on tv amazing um yeah and how does how does fuzz help them so he helps them. He gets some fake IDs printed for them. They've already taken money from the jar of savings they have in the thing, and they decide to run away. They go to the airport, and uh, they're going to get tickets to the first place that's leaving. And this is turned around. <laughs> like you know, we, we've been, we perhaps had our our initial reaction to Fuzz, so Ed Screen's character, 
it's been dampened by the fact that he turned out not to be creepy like we thought. And then we're really sort of a lot more endeared to him here now because he's pretty good with the kid. Where he's, you know, the kid asks if he's a drug dealer and says, well, I've dealt drugs all the time, but that doesn't make me a... I've dealt drugs once or twice in my life, but I'm not a drug dealer. Doesn't he call him baby boy as well? Yeah, he calls him, he says, don't call me baby boy. Is that what? Well, don't call me a drug dealer then. Um, and he, you know, he, he helps them. And he clearly does have a ger- very genuine fondness for Mona Lisa because by the time they... By the time oh, he's yeah. helped them get the the fake IDs and everything like that, he's set up. He's given her his sunglasses. He has made her a. He's got some headphones for her. He's got a mixtape that he's recorded onto and like baller move for a, a mix. you know for a, a mixtape. I've got you an iPod shuffle. With giving um, anyone a mixtape is 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 a, a great move. You know they're gonna yeah. appreciate it and love it. Give you a mixtape of songs that remind me of you. <sighs> <laughs> a pure romance that we do not see in this day and age. What do people do now? Do they make a Spotify playlist for someone they like? Oh, yeah, it's a, spot, it's a Spotify play- playlist, yeah. You know it's getting serious when you send a Spotify playlist link. You uh, guys are serious? Damn. I've been, I haven't been dating for a long time. But this, if this happens I mean, to me, I'm so depressed. Not, not, not me personally, um, but I've, I've definitely seen it. I've definitely seen it and heard stories of it. You as still well, burn, so. you still you still burn a CD, even it's still old school. I still burn it, burn a CD. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if my computer's even got a got a disc drive. I don't think it does. I genuinely yeah. didn't notice the first laptop I had didn't have a disc drive until I tried to watch a DVD, and I was like, "There's no DVD drive on this anymore." No <laughs> DVD drive. My laptop has got no USB ports. Yeah, me too. That's crazy, isn't it? The last one had DVD, but no, this one. Sadly, sad. Just kind so of snuck sad. away. And tell you what, Ben, real life horrors. When you ever try and buy a new laptop now, and it gives you and it wants to give you no hard drive space or cloud storage. If it's I can want cloud storage, it's all in the cloud. When the apocalypse happens, yeah. it will all vanish. Um. Okay. So, oh, do do we miss out the fact that Mona Lisa gets a gets a haircut as well? She does get a haircut when they're getting their photos taken. So they're. You know, it's a total, it's a total restyling at the airport. And the last this bit of advice that Fuzz gives them, because Charlie is quite nervous. Again, great performance. He's he does a great little manic kid that overthinks things act here, mm. and he just sit and he just gives him some chewing gum and says, "Chew this gum because if you look chill, then you're gonna feel chill." <laughs> I like it. It's yeah. good advice. It's great. It's great. And it, and it really turns on the head. Like the person who I think most overtly feels like a threatening character, probably one of the nicest people they meet. Exactly. Hundred mm. percent. Um, also, I loved Charlie working it when he was getting his photos taken. Um, yeah. For his ID, absolutely working it. <laughs> That's a Hollywood kid loving the camera. Very. So they, they get to the airport and they pretty much buy a first ticket out of there um, and paying cash. $800! Jesus. That's a lot. But Harold's on the cash. trail. He's on the way. Harold's officially on the trail, yeah. Obviously the, the, the word has gone out that there's an Asian woman with a kid in tow who's... But uh, I've realised that it's, it's he's at the hospital first, right? And he's talking to Bonnie and he kind of like she's been kind of aloof about her son but he gets to her a little bit um and tells her off like shame on you and she's oh, okay fine whatever like of course i want to see my kid mm. um what's happened you know 
like you know maybe i don't deserve to because i'm bad um but you know she she does agree to help them and then when he's nipped off for a wee charlie decides that he does want to speak to his mom and he asks a, a kindly gentleman if he can borrow his phone he's fine with it and he phones his mom which is if you've ever seen those programs where people try to evade the fugitive hunters it's phone in your family that always gets you rumbled then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first place gonna, they look. I'm just going to rig them so I'll, uh, they'll tra- they'll trace it. Nah, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, and it's all, you know, obviously we're not looking for real fugitives. When you watch these programs for entertainment value, it's, oh, I'm going to be away from my kids for a fortnight. Um, you know what? Guarantee you, your kids will be happy to see you for a fortnight later and not having had a quick conversation with you if you come home with 50 grand or whatever it is you win. Exactly, you idiot. Yeah, just don't loot. It was like, oh, I just want to switch back. Just... I was watching this movie. It's a really good movie called Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim. And the guy was so attached to his family. The girl was such a badass. She didn't have anybody to care for. And they were like, no phones on the strip. They're evading their fugitives across America. And what he does, and I was so happy that she convinced him. He goes and hides in the toilet behind her back and calls his father. The moment he does it, I'm like, you stupid bitch, she told you. And yes, the police were surrounding his father. The moment he picks up, boom. Trace it. And I'm just like, why? She told you. They're better off without you. Now you're putting them in danger and stuff like that. I just, I don't know, like, ugh. Oh, dear. Oh dear! I think I've heard if you're ever gonna things. go on a, if you're ever gonna go on the run for a television program, or otherwise, just say everything you need to say before you go. Say like it's gonna be a while until I'm not on the run. Chat to you later. Exactly, yes. or even you know, like just try to reinvent yourself as a new person. Like this new person has no family, no history, nothing, and just let them deal with the mess alone, and you deal with the mess alone because. They're better off without you. Trust me. You've done a lot of shit, and it's obviously going to cause both parties harm. Or send them a letter that they can't trace. Like, send a letter. <laughs> like, use secret ink or shit like that that they used yeah. to do. The rant, rant yeah, get, get into some real spice stuff. Don't blow it, but... So, when they're in the... He has a change of heart, doesn't he, Charlie? In the airport. Yeah, he phones his mom and says, hey, you don't need to worry about me anymore. I'm going to be fine. But that's enough time for the police to trace it. And then mm-hmm. Officer Harold is on his way. Police Officer Harold straight very on the sl- way to the... Very slowly. Airport. Yes. Oh, we'll yeah, ever so slowly. And someone else has got to drive because he is in a boot right now. Um, in like a leg brace. Um, but, you know, he's he's there. And, you know, we have bits of comedy. He's like, right, don't look at her eyes. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but don't. And this <laughs> is who it is. And then... You need to make she all got the like ID little, checks. little star-shaped sunglasses as well. We yes. have some moments of tension where they go through airport security and it's all fine. They get through and they're waiting at the gate. And Officer Harold is there and he's getting them to check IDs. And again, star of the show, this little Charlie is like he knows what's coming. Is he wells up with tears and he gives Mona Lisa a, a final hug and then runs over and grabs the hand of another Asian woman to, and then basically says, like, help, help, I'm being abducted. I'm being abducted the... by this woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, it's great. And that allows her to slip onto the plane because the attention is elsewhere, that that's the person that's been that's been caught. Even the guy on the plane's really nice to her, right? 
Yeah, he teaches yep. her how to use the seatbelt. Like she's hopefully going off to better things. Um, Officer Harold interrogates the little boy and says, "What plane is she on?" And he sells her, a, sells him a dummy by like looking like he's got through to him and then telling him the wrong one. They take him back to his mom. He's reunited and she actually does love him and and hugs him. Poor They're man. reunited and we end by seeing Mona Lisa fly off on the plane with a big blood, blood moon. moon in the sky. We do get from the abusive, violent bastards who, who um, attacked Kate Hudson's character, one of them gets knocked out, right, by... Oh, in a mid credit scene, Snacky. mid credit scene, Snacky. Beats fuck out of him in the street. They just walk past the strip club again. He sees them and just gives them all a thumb pin. Gives yeah. them all a thumb pin and it goes back to his hot dog. His snack table. I love that he didn't turn back around to see if like anyone was going to there's uh, he gonna be knows. Repercussions. He He's knows. One of them says, "You broke my nose." That's a good. He just shrugs. He shrugs. Everyone in the street cheers. And we're like, "Ah, uh, see ya." Awesome. Okay. Well, that is that is Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. What uh, have you got? Any name game, Andy? I haven't got any. So if you've got two, uh, you know what, Ben? During the course of the episode, I managed to pull a third. Oh wow! Well, here. So you explain Jaylen, the concept like, of this. Yeah, so what we'll do is we play the name game where usually it's a lot simpler than this, but the the rhyming is pretty fierce in this one. Um, so we'll pick a film with a slightly different synopsis and I'm talking to a published poet here as well. The conventions of rhyming here are often quite tenuous, but it will rhyme sort of. Uh, with the title of the film we're talking about here, but it would match the synopsis that I would give instead. You want me to guess the name of the movie? Are you serious? Yeah, so the movie we, that I, the conceptual movie that we've come up here. So with come one example, so with one example, you'll probably understand how it works. Um, it's, it, it can be pretty straight, yeah. straight simple. Okay, Ben, um, do you have the synopsis of this movie for me to work with? Sure. So the synopsis is a girl with unusual powers escapes from a mental asylum and tries to make it on her own in New Orleans. Okay. Um, a girl with incredible mental powers um, escapes from an asylum and reinvents herself as a telemarketing fraudster selling to people access to a lunar body with the face of an Ant-Man star. Jesus Christ. Um, mother of God. So it's Rud Moon, right? Yeah, it's Rud Moon. Rud Moon. Phoner. Yeah, she's a phoner. And she's a scam artist. Phoner. What is this? <laughs> like a uh... Yeah, what's a scam artist, Andy? Like Someone a... who's like, you know, they're taking them, they're they're taking that money off people because they're not really going to own a piece of the Paul Rudd moon. Boner. I can't think. Give me, give me a clue. Um, this is a really I mean, difficult I, one as well, Jaden. Like of all the examples we've done, this is like this the is the hardest, hardest one ever. Um, I guess she could also be selling kind of warm winter wear to them as well that's what she could also be doing she could be putting it on them rather than just phoner fleecer <laughs> that's right phoner fleecer and the red moon is that film 
Jalen, you picked the worst one because there are no there are no simple rhymes for this movie. I've already taxed Ben to the limit. So you get a million points if you're able to, if any normal human can get just one of these. This um, this uh, this section of the show, Jalen, usually pushes me to the limit. Um and I do it every, I do it every week and I still can't grasp it. So the second one. The um this the second one's a little easier. I reckon this is the easiest one. I don't believe you. So, a after escaping from a mental institution, two member two members of Springfield's most famous family try to warn everyone of an impending deluge of water. <laughs> what? I don't Home- want to make a Homer Lisa. Yes, Homer, Homer no. comma, Lisa. Flood. Yeah, and, and the flood. And the flood soon. That's right. Homer, absolutely Lisa, nailed and the it. flood soon. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah! Oh, so good. How is this even possible? Are you kidding? Again, it's because I do it every week. I feel like I know exactly how Andy's brain works these days. These oh, days. Homer, Lisa. Lisa. Oh, damn it. Homer, Lisa, and the flood soon. The um, wow. Yeah, and the last one. <laughs> Jeez, so this is a deep cut even for you, I think. So uh. um it will really it will really hinge. <laughs> I think if anyone will get this celebrity, you will. So the original physical model used to design popular Tomb Raider character Lara Croft creates herself a husband out of dirt. Mud groom. Yeah, it's the mud groom. <laughs> just looking at Jalen's face just during the whole of Goodness, this. I'm I'm like deer in headlights. I don't know shit of this game. This game Wait, is just game. And this game is scaring the shit out of me. Like what am I supposed to do? How do you even okay, out of what he said, how did you think of what did you just say? He liked uh, a lot. I, I said, said he mud, made a, made a potential groom. made a potential husband out of dirt. So from that he was able mud to get groom. mud groom. Mud groom. Yeah. So it's supposed to sound like the film title. Based on yeah. his clue, it'll sound it'll rhyme with it essentially. But I don't know the first bit. Who was so the the body model for Tomb Raider? Nell McAndrew. Yeah. It's not Nell McAndrew. It was before Nell McAndrew. Um, she went on for have, to have an acting career in films including Ali G in the House, The Number Twenty Three, Hollowman, and Doomsday. Neil Marshall's Doomsday. Oh yeah, uh, I can picture her, but I do not remember what her name is at all. Is her name? I give you a no. clue. It, it, no, no, it, it, it vaguely rhymes. With Mona Lisa. Oh, you have to tell me. It's Rona Mitra and the Mud Groom. Rona Mitra and the Mud Groom. Oh, fuck this. Oh, are you guys serious? Like, I feel like I'm a toddler. <laughs> what kind of published No, no, no. You know when Jalen said, like, this fuck, is scary fuck and this. this. Is so... <laughs> <laughs> if it's like, and the, thing, the thing is, if it's like a film that's like got two words in it, I think you, you'd be far more likely yeah. to participate. Because well, it's like give, this. Me a, give me an example. Like heat. Uh, okay. Okay, so, let me come up, come, up with like one, come up with one off the top did, of the dome, Ben. Did you did you say heat? 
like Heat, yeah. the movie Heat. Okay, so for example, like the movie yeah. Heat, um, a group of high-end professional thieves start to feel the heat from the LAPD when they unknowingly leave a clue at the la- at the at the butcher shop. Meat. Meat. Exactly. Yes. See? That's it. That's it. That's it's it. It's not. It's not you that's stupid. It's this particular <laughs> round of this game. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a different. Trying to think of a different example. Uh, okay, but wait, okay. A, a Cinderella story. Okay, a Cinderella story. I hit a Cinderella yeah. story. It's a um, stupid one. Yeah. Okay, I got one. No, wait. Okay. A Cinderella story. I'm trying to think. It's, it's hard to come up with them off the top of the dome. I know Andy's usually pretty good at it. Um, um, I'll try and do a Cinderella story. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Routinely exploited by a wicked stepmother, the downtrodden Samantha Montgomery is excited about the prospect of meeting a date that she swiped on the latest app on. The latest dating app. Tinderella. A Tinderella story. A Tinderella story. You could take it one step further. Excited to meet a man from there. A Tinderfella story. A Tinderfella story. Oh, la la. Yeah, so now it makes sense, but Mona Lisa, the book wouldn't know. I need a yeah. lot of practice for this. Exactly. Well, practice. that's the thing, Jalen. The, the reason is I've had so much practice. Almost 300 become, episodes. It's become second nature to me. And as I said, I feel like I can kind of understand the way Andy's brain will work. In yeah, exactly. Way. You know him. But for me, like Andy was like a cryptic god coming from the depths of hell unleashed on me and i'm supposed to decipher whatever the shit is saying and when i got it right it was impressive right i want to watch a tinderfella story (laughs) there are so many of these films that we end up watching that i think yeah yeah watch that i'd I'd love i'd love to watch this is that it though andy that's that's the three what are they doing Cutting parts of their body or just munching yes. on barbecue and shit. Which of those three films would you like to watch the most, Ben? Um Rona Felisa and the Rud and the Rud Moon, Rona Mitra and the Mud Groom, or Homer Lisa and the Flood soon. Yeah, Homer Lisa and the Flood Homer, soon. Homer Lisa and the Flood soon. Think, <laughs> just an yeah. episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the next part. Oh, of the show were they recast is... as Noah and getting ready to build the ark? Should have gone for that. The next part of the of the show is far more easy to participate in. We've got to rate the movie, uh, Jalen, from A to F. A or well, we go for plus and minus as well. Um, so where would you classic rate school grades? School grades, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, and I guess uh, and why? Okay. What what, what do minute. you think? How do you think you're gonna score it? Are you thinking? You really are thinking about it. Rating the movie from A to F? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where would you rate it? So, A to F. So which is the, like, A is the ace and F is like the fail? Wow. Yeah. Ace, of course. Or like B, you know, like beautiful or, you know, like. B for beautiful. It's a beautiful fine. film, isn't it? Or like a, a blowjob, <laughs> blowjob level of goodness. What are you doing there? Are you rating sex acts based on which one you think is the best? B for blowjob, A for let's not go there. Uh, but I know I know exactly what you're thinking, and I agree. Yeah, so it's like an error for me. 
based like, on the <laughs> rating that I gave. Are we calling it a B? Yeah, I think B for like. I think B is fair. Yeah. Blow, blow Bl- good. Blow good. Blow B for good. B for blow job good. Do you know yeah. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna carry that forward into my life and start rating things. <laughs> How good was it? Probably as good as a blow job, not as good as a rib job. That's not number one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, you've got to make sure we don't use that, Ben, because obviously these things most, ha- you know, these ratings in our day to day lives mostly appear in in school reports. You don't want to be pulling this out at a parents' evening. No. I All right, um, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Smith, what? how's my how's my kid how's my kids doing in geography? B, I see. Blowjob, good, eh? What? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should leave the premises. It's you the one that marked it that way. <laughs> Get out. Shame on you, Mr. Errington. <laughs> Shame on you, Mr. Errington. Uh, the, poli- the police are on their way. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to join you, Jalen, on a B. Now, I'm not... What's that, being... what's that, what's that for? Blowjob, good, right? It's B for blowjob, blow good. good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a B... Oh, I don't want to say a B minus. That would be like a a bad blowjob. You know what I mean? When it's a yeah, bit subpar know. one. Like a, a subpar one. You're not putting any effort in. It's like <laughs> you're not giving it your heart. <laughs> that's so close a... to that's so close <laughs> to just being a copper field C. Give it, give it your heart and soul, but not your teeth. Um, okay, I'm gonna. Go, I, I think I'll go for a straight, straightforward B because I think as I. Obviously, this is a podcast about horror films, and I think as a horror film, it probably doesn't quite make the grade because there are some elements that you could consider horror, and of course, like telekinesis, or not necessarily telekinesis, like mind control, is always like that. But it doesn't really have much of a sinister edge. Like even the antagonists, essentially, of course, the terrible thing happens with the guys from the from the strip club, but even like the antagonist, as such, like a police officer is a good guy and his intentions are you know pretty good so but i think in terms of how well made a film it is and the performances from everybody involved and the cinematography and the soundtrack and everything else i think i'm just going to go for a straightforward b if i was rating it as a horror movie it might go slightly lower but as 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 a movie experience um as a rounded movie experience i'll go for a b can I just talk before Andy? I like this yes, rating yes. so much because I just imagined the bad movie that is E, erectile dysfunction bad. <laughs> oh my god, that's literally the worst. I'm not I don't want to I don't want to say we've all been there, but what I'm saying is <laughs> what's worse than that? Even an F is gonna be A B C D F is just oh for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. It's, yeah. it's yeah, fallen I... off. F is fallen off. It's <laughs> fallen off. It's Dried up and fallen off, sorry. Uh, <laughs> e for erectile dysfunction. D for dick kind of so- soft. It's very late, everybody. You can tell we've gone mad. We've gone squirrely. You better rate it, Andy, and don't be rude. I won't be rude. Um, <laughs> it is... I-, I agree with you, Ben. And actually, you know what? We've... we've we've had a similar vibe to this in the opposite the other week when Stu was on with us, Jalen, we talked about tremors, which we all agreed probably absolutely standard three star movie, which I gave an absolute a to because it was, it's bang on from, from what I wanted for it for a movie, these ratings about how much we enjoyed the movie. I do agree with you then that if we're rating this as a horror movie, 
we, it peters down a little bit because it's, yeah, you know what? It's not traditionally the sinister. It's got enough for us to warrant talking about it on this show. Not about to rebrand anytime soon because there's supernatural elements, there's thrilling elements, there are there's threat and there's violence. So it can it's in it's in the wheelhouse. Absolutely, it is. But from a horror traditionalist point of view, it isn't. It doesn't tick a, a few of those horror boxes. So as a horror movie, it probably lands with me as well on a B. I think eh, maybe a B minus just because of the maybe a B minus because of where it sits as a genre piece for a horror hangout ranking. How many stars do I give to this movie as an overall? It's probably a solid four. You know, I really enjoyed it. Four, 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 yeah. four and a half, definitely. Yeah, so it's 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 a good movie from a star rating, but for a horror rating perspective, I think it's still a great quality thing. Fair. It's still got supernatural elements. We're all bees, yeah. So we're all not a, not strictly horror though. So I'll give it a B minus. Great film technique, and also it is a director who, even with this, where the horror isn't so so overt. There's, there's that you know touches we've seen you know we spoke about a girl walks home alone at night there's there's horror skill in there and there's tension and thriller vibes in there as well that can be appreciated and she's had a lovely time watching it and it's been lovely talking to you both about it today as well definitely it sure has it's been absolutely amazing thank you Jalen for joining us that was a lot of fun thank you guys some good times some good laughs and we enjoyed and and watching a film that I've never seen before, which is always a pleasure. We've um, lived, we've laughed, and we've all learned. We've lived, we've laughed, and learned about. I learned a lot. A, a different way to look at our A to F rating, which will probably never leave me. <laughs> uh, See, this is where the poet comes because the other yeah. part makes it sound like I'm. Oh, I don't understand. I'm like my fair lady. I need someone to teach me. So, but now here I'm back, you know, like in action. Yeah, poetry. <laughs> uh, Jalen, where can our listeners find more from you? I know we, we talked about the Funny Gal Talk Show podcast, which I guess is on all podcast platforms. Is Can anyone follow you on Twitter or any? any Definitely. Else yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Jalen Salman, the same. And I have my poetry on thepros.com and I have my YouTube channel where I post uh, some artistic collaborations and just some fun clips and stuff like that interviews with artists and stuff so this is oh, it for wow. you okay yeah. we will put all the links to that in the show notes so our listeners can find more from you it would be amazing to get you back on the show again another time please in the get me guys this is bonkers i want to do it again maybe we'll go for like a straight up gnarly horror film i reckon yeah yeah, yeah. i reckon that could be quite fun um there we go then so thanks everybody for listening if you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including John Crinan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bursch, Pazuzu, and Rosalind Harnias. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. If you just search Horror Hangout Podcast, you'll find us. Next week, we're not entirely sure. We're still kind of tweaking the, the order of, of of episodes for March. I think by the time this episode's out, the lineup will also be out. So if you just go and look on any of our uh, any of our social pl- media It'll platforms, but, we will you know, have done it. In, in no specific order, though, we've got it. We've got 
some degree of fright fest coverage. We've got um, the terrified that you mentioned at the top of the show, Ben. We've got yes. um, a n other, which I'm not sure of the title. Do you know it, or is it TBC? TBC potentially. Um, Scream Six. I think we're going to cover Scream this month. Six. Of course, it's a, it's new six release. Cream Month. My goodness, a six Cream Month. Um, yeah, and everything else will be on our social platform. So please go and take a look. Um, but there, there we go. Another episode in the bag. Thanks again, Jalen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so it's much. So, it's been so much fun. And of course, as always, thank you, Andy, for being a right horror dude. Thank you, Ben, Jalen, and everyone out there for being right horror dudes, wherever you may be, under a blood moon or otherwise. See you later, everybody. See you later. Until next Bye. time. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.